Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Fallout one-shot. For those who don't know me, hi there. I'm ELH, the Game Master, and joining me are several amazing role players, but we'll get to them in a moment. Uh, I first have to here? go over a few points of order um, as they try and make me laugh and lose my cadence. Um, so let's start with the system we're using. So what we're using is Fallout 2D20. It is a newly released system from Odivius Entertainment. And what I would say is that if you have played one of their other 2D20 systems, uh, it should be fairly easy for you to pick this up. So if you're coming from Star Trek Adventures, from Conan, from Dishonored, very easy to pick up. Um, on that note, though, we're probably going to go off script. I mean, it is all of our first live experience with the game. So if we get something wrong, just don't yell at us too hard. And you are free to shout advice to the players. Just don't give them spoilers. And if you need the reference, we are indeed playing the adventure in the back of the core rulebook. Um, just to see how it plays and if it's a good adventure for newbies, etc., etc. Uh, two more things real quick is I have to say this at the top of the stream is that Fallout, by its very nature, does deal with difficult topics sometimes. We're going to stay Twitch safe. We're not going to do anything TOS. But I do have to say that viewer discretion is advised. Last thing I got to say before my players can hype themselves up is that there is already a Discord out there if you are so inclined to come into the community, get a bunch of homebrew, things like that. Um, there should be a link in chat and in, on the video on YouTube when the VOD goes up. But that's enough for me. Let's hear from my players, starting with the one and only Benosphere. Benno, take it away. Hello! Did you want me to introduce my character, myself, both, or neither? Um, Just yourself for the time being. We'll do actual character introductions once we get into play. All right, you got it. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Benosphere. I am a variety streamer slash local man that does local things. Uh, I'm slowly making my way into the world of live DMing, where I shall go and make campaigns and then have them torn apart by chaotic players who will absolutely take everything that I've built, burn it to the ground, piss on the ashes, make the ashes into a weird piss mountain, and then crush that down with their feet of hatred. Everything I've built destroyed in a matter of moments. But that aside, I'm here to have a great and excellent time with a couple of lads that uh, I hope to get to know a bit better. And of course, L, yes, take us. And like newborn children, throw us off of a cliff into a den of lions to be eaten alive. I'm ready. <laughs> now, the real question is, Matthew, the diametrically opposite of Benno. How are you doing, Matthew? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm certainly feeling energetic after that delightful introduction from Benno. Uh, everyone, my name is Matthew, as you have already heard. Um, I'm a longtime player in some of ELH's games. I have no pretensions of ever becoming a quality game master myself, nor will I ever be streaming games. But um, I'm delighted to be able to take part in this affair with two seemingly seasoned role players and excellent actors. Speaking of actors, Mr. Hex, what's going on with you? Hello, uh, I'm Jason, otherwise known as Profess Hex. Uh, I am a professional stage and voice actor and a tabletop RPG player, GM, and designer. Uh, and I am here today to suck rads. That's my whole... <laughs> that's my motivation in life. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, aren't you a ghoul? That literally is your motivation. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. I am. I am both figuratively and literally a ghoul. Love it. Hell yeah. Love it. 
And yeah, just a quick introduction in case you weren't paying attention at the top of the session. Hi, I'm ELH, the Game Master. And with this, let's bring it on in and start our session proper. So, if you will imagine, we start sort of over the skies of the Commonwealth, and we fly past the main part of Boston, what remains of it. We fly to the west, and we begin to zoom in the farther we get away from Boston until we actually zoom in on what is this green patch, almost like a Garden of Eden. And what we see is a bunch of, well, people going about their daily business. There is a literal town that is created within this greenery. This is the town of Babelbrook. And as you probably have picked up, it was created one year ago by the activation of a Garden of Eden creation kit, or GEC. And for those who don't know what that means, it basically is you push a button and the next thing you know, you've got gardens, farms, places to live, etc., etc. Now, relevant to you players, you all have lived in Babelbrook long enough to become part of the town's militia, which unfortunately means that instead of celebrating the town's first founder day and a year of survival in the Commonwealth with everybody else, you're investigating a break-in on the edge of town. Now, uh -oh. the context for this is Jesse Pettigrew, Babelbrook's mayor, has pulled you aside before the festivities and asked you all to check in on the Tarberry farm on the settlement's outskirts. He specifically did not want anyone to panic during the party and has asked you to handle the break-in discreetly, with emphasis on discreetly. Now, with that in mind, each of you are now standing just outside the small, form, small farm of Joseph and Teresa, who before now you knew as a kind old ghoul couple but they never showed up at the party, which might be related to the break-in. Um, before I go any further, though, in describing the farm, I think this is an opportunity for everyone to introduce their characters. So let's start with Benno again. Benno, if you could introduce your character. Um, sure. So my character is Valister Armitage. He is a rookie scribe within the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, and the reason that he would be here is we'll say that a different Pridwin crashed a while ago, and I haven't been able to get back to. Oh, I. You know what? I I should be clicking ran, red numbers randomly. They move me around the uh, the surface. So I literally was just talking to you guys while showing my back to you. I'm so sorry about that. You're fine. <laughs> True. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I couldn't so, perceive uh, your full glory. That's all. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I. I'm sorry. Space is space is so indeterminate. The the the, the fact that I've no you know zero g protection. I I can't. I can't. I can't determine what's up down yesterday or even tomorrow. But that aside, uh, uh some sort of Pridwin or whatever the the I don't know uh halogen aster. There you go. That's the name of my big blimp that I was on. Blew up, uh, and I haven't been able to get in contact with them since. Uh, so this is where I've been stationed for the last little while as I try and uh, slowly convene and make my way back to the uh, Brotherhood of Steel to go and continue my mission of reclamation of the old world and to get cool knowledge and stuff. Knowledge be king. Love it. Love it. So that's Valister. All right, Matthew, who are you playing? Uh, I'm playing Fanwell, who is a uh, late middle-aged human. Uh, he has... Uh, fairly decrepit clothing, even for the standards of survivors amongst the post-apocalyptic hellscape that we find ourselves in, although we're now in this little Garden of Eden. Um, and he is, uh, 
He's basically a survivalist. He doesn't spend much time inside the city. He is, uh, or the town. He spends most of it out in the wilds, hunting around various different uh, animals to supply the village. Um, and as he is surveying this scene, he's sort of carefully observing any different tracks or signs of uh, foul play potentially in the environment around him. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll get to that in a moment. But Hex, tell us about your character. My character is a ghoul named Dr. Kaz Worm. And yes, he is named after the popular They Might Be Giants song of the same name. Um, he is uh, basically the, the gist of this character is that he is bones from Star Trek. If you could actually see some of his bones. Um, I love it. He is like he's clad in like traditional sort of wanderers leathers. But over that is a obviously fairly stained somewhat tattered lab coat um he's got kind of a john slattery from madman kind of vibe kind of a tall sort of lanky uh slightly older uh gentleman uh with a clark gable mustache and a um like a shock of white hair that's basically it's like a tuft that's all that's left uh that's on his wrinkly raisin-esque forehead um, fun i love it Oh, he also has a pair of sunglasses that is missing one of the lenses on his good eye. So. Ooh. So it's, I guess it's an eye patch of sorts, if you think about it. What? Say eye patch. I say uniglasses. Uniglasses. There you go. That's yeah. one way to put it's an it. O- an optional eye patch. But then again, I guess mm. all eye patches are optional. Forget what I said. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, the three of you again are on the edge of this Tarberry farm on the outskirts of Babblebrook. And this is where the joviality of the session maybe takes a dent for a little bit because what you see before you is not particularly disturbing, but very concerning. Um, Specifically, as you look at the one-story Adobe-style farmhouse, what you see is that the front door has literally been shattered into a pile of wooden scraps. And you also see that there are no lights on inside and the farm itself is very still, which considering you hear again, that sort of partying from the rest of Babelbrook behind you on the winds and the winds themselves are sort of whistling with that same sort of uh, indication that a storm is coming there are things you need to do before a storm comes. And the fact that there's not people out and about on the farm, very concerning. Um, if mm. it matters, there is a red barn behind the house in the middle of the Tarberry fields themselves. And you can see that the wide wooden door of the barn is intact. But again, everything is still, everything is pointing to something wrong has happened here. But that's where I'm going to drop you all in. Feel free to role play to your heart's content. I have a quick question. The sure. way that hollow tags function, um, they're like a black box recorder of things that happen for a Brotherhood. Uh, is that correct? That's more or less correct, yes. Okay, got it. Great. So I'll probably making sure to keep that consistently uh, within the view of everything so it can follow my adventures so that when I get back, they'll have a, or, you know, in case we meet a horrible, horrible end, uh, they'll have a, a clean and consistent view of what's going on. And I kind of sometimes bring it up to talk into it, like a, mm-hmm. like keeping a journal entry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. In fact, I'll, I'll just do that right now and just like, uh, 
day 649 of my solace with this small community. Me and the boys have been sent over to check out a, well, seemingly small incident, but it looks like things may appear to be on the stranger side. I'll keep you up to date. Uh, Valster is more, as opposed to our two uh, rough and tumble uh, more older gentlemen. Valister is a horrifically young 17-year-old punk who doesn't know the better of it and thinks that he can take on the entirety of the world. Uh, so he's uh, uh, really chipper and um, uh, ready to take things on. Also, he thinks he's just a, like a absolutely too smart for his own good. Or, you know, he thinks he's too smart for his own good. He's probably, uh, he's probably wrong about a, a hefty chunk of things but he'll uh he'll try and provide his insight on on anything that he can in a smart alecky sort of matter of factual kind of way so that'll i'm sure that that won't get annoying at all go ahead gentlemen question for you gm actually yes um with respect to the people who would be on this farm is it just operated by the dugul couple or... that is correct yes okay right. they have no farm hands no farm hands that you know of Okay. Fair enough. I mean, it's it's Fallout. How who would they get? Who would they even be able to get and hire trustworthy like? Especially as a ghoul couple. I mean, not to be racist, but maybe no. Some yeah, yeah. Uplifted uh, cockroaches or wow. <laughs> there you Send go. Cockroaches. Just just expose a rad roach to FEV and let nature sort it exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Nature. Um, Matt, you said your character was initially going to be surveying the area. Is there a check for that? Like, what type of check would it be to go and um, look around? Well, that is an excellent opportunity to introduce some rolling. So I'm mostly doing this not just for Benno, uh, because Benno is new to 2D20, but also I'm imagining most of our viewers are new to two, new to do 2D20. God, I can English today. Um, so the way it works is for this system... Uh, Benno or Matthew or whoever wants to do this role, I would like you to roll me a perception plus either medicine, science, or survival. And that is at a difficulty of zero, which means any successes you roll will be action points that come to you. And as it happens, I'll explain what all this means. But basically what you're going to do is you're going to combine your perception score and then either your medicine, science, or survival and you're going to get a target number. And what you want to do is you want to roll under that number. Uh, The macro in roll 20 will actually walk you through the process very uh, cleanly. And for this, I don't think it's really going to matter if you have a skill tagged, uh, but we'll address that as people roll. So who would like to uh, take the first whack at this? Who would like to roll, I think. Uh, so I do have a tag skill, but we'll get to that when it, uh, when it matters. Okay. So. All right. Well, you got one success and, uh, which skill did you have tagged? Uh, survival. Okay. It looks like you rolled a nine and a 12, so you don't get any, uh, crit successes. Um, but you still have the one success. So you get what is called an action point. Now these action points are important because you can use these action points in a myriad of different ways. Um, And I'll bring them up as they become relevant. But seeing the sort of successes, the extra successes, very good thing to see. So uh, before I give uh, Mr. Fanuli, am I saying that right, Fanuli? It's like Daniel, but uh, Fanuel. Oh, Fanuel. Fanuel. Okay. That is a good clarification. 
that that that's much your fan. You got it. Write that down in brackets. All right. Um, anybody else want to attempt the roll before I give uh, Faniel what he sees? Yeah. Um, can I do that one? But I want to try it with uh, with science here. I bet I'll get a different info other than survival. Uh, so yeah, I would say it would dice. definitely be tailored that each of these is different information. Fantastic. Uh, so this is generic roller to go and use that, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to ask you your special skill, your perk, or your skill, and then it will ask you how many uh, D20 you want to start with. Uh, by default, you always roll 2D20 unless you have bought additional dice. Got it. I am backwards again. God damn it. There we go. All right. Ba-ba-ba-ba. All right. So two, and then your special. Okay. That was perception. Mm-hmm. Learning. I'm doing it. Watch me, Dad. I can do it. He's doing it, Peter. <laughs> all right there we go and we want to go and make sure that i'm pulling up the right sheet that's finuli sheet from earlier because i was looking how you guys did it to make sure that i didn't goof up my sheet so that's not who i am that's not me i'm val there we go and my perception is wrote down the pronunciation and immediately forgot it nice six and my skill in science brain is three. That's a pretty good skill. All right. All right. Roll me up a. All right. I also you, got one. You also got one. Excellent. And yeah, no, you, even if it's tagged, it won't help you because you rolled an 18 and a seven. But yeah, uh, basically, that is a success for you. Uh, does Mr. Worm or Dr. Worm care to do a medicine angle on this? Uh, okay. L- look, listen right here let me let me just put you in your place just a second here i didn't go to like six months of a correspondence course here in the irradiated wasteland to be called mister all right sorry doctor sorry yeah. thank With you whom were you corresponding uh the road they never really they never really identified themselves Sounds I, think, I think phoenix online is still operational Ooh. so yeah could be Either that or DeVry. Um, <laughs> DeVry! <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to do a medicine check. All right. All right. Seven and, okay. Two D20s. Seven perception. Three on the medicine. Hey. All right. And let me just double check. Uh, yeah, you rolled an, 18, an eight and a 14, so nothing there. But you all get one mm-hmm. success. So I'm going to start general and then we'll move into the specifics. So as you move towards the Adobe farmhouse, uh, what you're seeing initially is that the living room is a source of, of, of chaos, basically. Um, it looks like a tornado has come through here. You're seeing furniture that has been overturned. You're seeing that the floor itself is scattered with these broken picture frames Uh, bits of jewelry, and blood-soaked farm tools. And you sort of all pick up on the fact that there's this slow dripping sound uh, coming from an archway that leads to a kitchen. And to put it plainly, as you go to investigate this dripping sound, what you see is that impaled to the wall, as in literally feet off the ground, is an old ghoul woman uh, that is recognizable as uh, Teresa. 
Um, her eyes are frozen. Uh, they're wide with fear. And her chin is slumped down towards her chest. She's not breathing. In fact, it doesn't take a genius to figure out. She's probably been dead for, well, since the good doctor succeeded. She's been dead for maybe about two hours. Now, what, uh, Faniel, what you get with your role is that you are noticing that there are also the sounds of what could be scrabbling coming from one of the bedrooms. And then what our good uh, Valister notices with his is that you uh, are noticing that there are bloody footprints that lead through the kitchen and out of the back door. And if it matters, these footprints are not from, say, let's say shoes. They look like someone barefoot oh. has come through here. Oh, someone or something. Oh, no, no, no shoes. That only narrows it down to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, that, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I will immediately be alerted by seeing the dead lady um although luckily we have been alive here long enough so probably seeing dead people isn't all that new um mm -hmm. but i will um pull up the um ascot that i have around my neck and put it over my face i don't want to breathe in any kind of uh ghoul fumes I, I mean like i don't even know if that's real but like just you know just in case you never know it's gonna that's racist you know, uh, yeah look yeah probably yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> I think I, I think I think the doctor will see that and and be like, really? Uh, have we not talked about this? I don't know how many times. I Gold mean, I've read, thing. I've read in a couple of books back home that they were they they were stating that it was seemingly, but then again, they were New Age books. Oh, you know what? When we when I get back to the um to the fold, I'll be sure to see if I can get a copy for you and and send it your way. You'll it's a good read. You'll love it, doctor. Okay, let's go and have a look. Um, can I slowly pull out my pistol as well and um, approach the uh, deceased female? You can the indeed. deceased, unfortunate, very, very unfortunate lady. And what I would say is that now that you're a little bit closer, I mean, you could tell there was an object sticking out of her because I did say impaled, but mm -hmm. it literally looks like a pitchfork has been run through her. Oh, Oh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. So might be a person that did this. That's good. Well, we can at least narrow it down to somebody with hands. Yeah. And feet. Take a look over there. I'll I'll point over to where I saw the, the bloody footprints and whatnot. Oh you, god. Do you hear that? There's a noise coming from over there. And Fenwell will actually uh, remove some of the, the wrappings that he has and unveil a pair of hand axes. And he'll mm -hmm. withdraw one of those and point towards the direction of the scrabbling sound that he hears. I'll point my gun towards where he's going um, right. and slowly see if I can advance um, towards it. I'm trying to bring up on, on, uh, on Fanuel's, um, uh flank. All right. I will okay. I will follow up in the, in the very rear and I'll uh, say, uh, all right, Val, remember what we talked about. Questions first, bullets second. Bullets and no, wait, questions and then 
uh, we'll we'll figure it out when the door is open. <laughs> is is there a door? Um, where where the sounds? Yeah, is, this, this is not complicated. It's a flow chart. Questions, yes, no, and then if you get to no, then bullets <laughs> is also a yes, no, and then I'll draw. I'll give you a diagram later. Uh, the the oh, first I can't step. Wait. The first step is really: are they shooting at us or trying to kill us? Look, yes, I'm, no. If yes, bullets come first. <laughs> Yes, this, I agree, but I'm trying to simplify it for Val's sake. He's, he's like, oh my, this flowchart is getting very intense. Where should I be putting all chart. the... <laughs> That's not intense. Ooh, some, but it could be intense. We could add more layers inside of it. What if each yes was a derivative of the word yes, and we could have different options that come in. Um, oh. uh, we, or, or perhaps C as well. Uh, oh, we want to add more languages to it. Frank fucking Sinatra, will you just hope, just go in there with the gun? You've got it. Uh, I will see about pushing open the door and see what's seeing what's inside, holding my gun at the ready. Gotcha. So when you open the door that uh, that Faniel has pointed out, uh, you see that it leads to a bedroom, and it's a fairly small room, all things considered. There's just enough room for a uh, twin sized bed and a sliding closet uh, that takes up actually a good majority of the room, um, which might seem odd, but again, Fallout Universe, they have odd design choices. Mm -hmm. But even now, uh, you are hearing something scrabbling within the closet. Uh Oh. I will slowly approach towards the closet, holding Mm -hmm. the butt of the gun at the ready in case I need to melee this bad boy which is awful because I'm terrible at melee, but we'll see what happens. Um, and I'll look back to the, the the two to sort of nod towards them as if like uh, asking them to get at the ready. Is there ready actions in this game? Um, there kind of is. So let's actually talk about what you can do in terms of major actions that could lead to combat. Um, so one of the things you can do is you can actually prepare an action to use melee or shoot whatever jumps out at you or whatever you see. You just, like most things with ready to actions, you have to be very specific. Um, so basically you would tell me, oh, I want to get the butt of the gun ready and I'll melee if they jump out or, oh, if they jump out at me, I'll actually shoot them. Like it's, it's one of those things where, again, you have to be specific, but there is a very amount of things you can actually do in terms of uh, attacking. Um, mm-hmm. So what would you like to do? And then I'll sort of narrow it down from there. Okay. Um, so I think I'm probably just going to open the door and I'm going to have no idea what to sort of expect for it here. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't actually think I want to prepare any sort of damage or attack or anything uh, in case this is like a, a person who's like, what if it's the husband, right? Like he, he hasn't shown up either. He mm-hmm. could be trapped in there. And I don't want to like accidentally just unload on this man. So I will just try and prepare to open the door. If you, if either of you two want to prepare anything for yourselves, um, that's, that's, that's all I got. I will see about opening the door and stepping back. That is going to be my action that I want to take. If you guys want to do anything off of that, then now's the time. I do have a question for you, GM. Um, Yes. Based on what we know of this family, did they, own a pet, like a guard dog to keep rad roaches out of the, the fields, something like that. To your knowledge, they never had a dog. I mean, they once had a Brahmin or for those who don't know, a two headed cow. Um, but yeah, no pets that you can think of. Well, I highly doubt it's the Brahmin because I don't think it would fit in that closet, regardless <laughs> of how big it is. 
hundred percent true. That Brahmin is not going in there, which means could either be the husband, the culprit, or roaches. Just it's just I don't know. It could be roaches. I would say Doctor Worm is gonna like he'll position himself in front of the closet door, right, and sort mm-hmm. of put his hands up in a kind of you know I come in peace sort of stance right just so that the first thing that whatever is in there sees when the door is opened is somebody ideally non-threatening all right and i think that fen will would be uh, off to the side as best as possible so that he has a bead on anything that comes out of the closet if it starts to attack the doctor uh but that he would be out of its he would only be visible from its peripheral vision at best so it doesn't spook whatever's in there got it so what's going to happen is the following series of events. Valister, you carefully open up the closet door and immediately, since Worm has specifically gotten in front, uh, Mr. Worm, Dr. Worm, sorry. Oh, <laughs> swear to I, God. I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> I'm did sorry. did it again. So Dr. Worm, what happens is as Valister actually figured it out what's inside is not the husband it's a big old rad roach that literally <laughs> jumps out of the closet and will attempt to attack you so ah, this is god, now god damn it this <laughs> is now my role and oh, we're gonna no! see what happens uh that no, is no, actually no, 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 no. what is your defense my defense is are, are you writing this down one mm-hmm. Oh no. It's one. It's one. It's one. Okay. So what's gonna happen is uh I'm just double checking the staff lock here, but what's gonna happen is this rad roach is not only gonna leap at you and bite, but uh let's just say it's gonna leave a mark maybe as it bites oh, into no. you. And we're, I'm mostly just doing this to show you guys what's involved with an attack. Um so basically when you roll an attack, you roll your dice. And you are able to compare it against the defense of your target. Most of the time, it's going to be a one. Sometimes it'll be a two. Maybe sometimes even a three. But usually you're shooting against a one. And once you succeed, you then roll a number of combat dice. And based on the results of that, you deal damage, which I'll roll for effect here. So the Rad Roach would be doing two damage to Dr. Worm. However, uh, Dr. Worm, what is the armor you have on your torso? Torso, I'd be wearing just um, tough clothing, which gives me one physical damage resistance. All right. In that case, you're going to reduce the two by the one damage resistance, and you're going to take one HP of damage. All right. Oh, crap. Oh, no, we've been blooded immediately. Get it off me. Get it off me. I think with far more composure than is being demonstrated by our young initiative to the Brotherhood, uh, Mm. Fanuel would leap forward and attempt to use the uh, throwing axe that he has in his hand in Mm. a low swooping swipe to avoid potentially cutting through the rad roach and striking the doctor himself and uh, to, to, uh, I guess, cleave the rad roach in two. All right, so you are going to be rolling a melee attack in this instance. And a melee attack is going to be your strength plus melee weapon. And uh, 
I will use one of those points of action or those action points, I think, to buy an extra die. I don't know if you want to go over the rules. For yeah, that. while you're doing that and as you're doing the roll, I can go over it. So the way action points work is you can do the following with action points. You can buy additional D20s. And what okay. that means is you can buy up to five total D20s that you're rolling on a roll. Um, you cool. can ask the GM additional questions and the GM has to answer truthfully, but maybe not completely. Um, you can also reduce the amount of time a, a test takes. You can take additional minor actions, additional major actions. You can even add extra damage on certain attacks with action points. Um, so let's see, with two successes, uh, that is going to be more than sufficient. So you actually get a action point back because the difficulty was a one. And at this point, um, I need to know, are you going to be spending any action points to deal additional melee damage, or do you just want to roll straight? Well, I do have the Hunter talent, which uh, makes my attacks against anything with the mammal, lizard, or insect keywords have vicious. Ooh. All right. Well, when you roll, I will point that out. So I will spend one action point to roll an extra die. All righty. How do we... How do we get the action? How do we buy them? Um, so the way it works is the, and I probably should have said this earlier. So the action points are a group pool. Like all the okay. players share the pool of action points. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where anybody can pull from the pool. It's just one of those gentlemen's agreements that you don't like spend all of it on one roll. Like you actually consult the group is like, can I spend this kind of a thing? Um, but it's, it's open to everybody and you get it okay. by getting more successes than needed on a task. Perfect. So we can get like fairly huge if we're, if we're conservative and just happen to roll really well. Correct. Though there is a limit. The limit is six total that you can store up. So then we want to, and are encouraged to spend it, especially if we're starting to roll really good. Correct. Absolutely. Which will then cascade into us rolling even better because we'll be spending it which will increase our chances wow okay interesting mm -hmm. like it good 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 all right and this is actually a great opportunity because you've rolled effects so the vicious effect works the same way as it does in star trek adventures and the other systems so each of those effects counts as an additional damage so not four damage but seven damage total to this rad roach and well how would you like to describe killing the rad roach flat out? Uh, I think he takes a kind of a leap forward and makes a low uh, loping sort of sweep with his um, his axe, uh, cleaving the rad roach in two, almost bisecting it while showering the doctor in an effusion of viscera and guts. Uh, I stare. <laughs> is there, could you have, I don't know, kicked the damn thing off me first? You just had to, oh God, I, there's, there's corn in here. I don't know how, <laughs> but there's corn in here. Uh, probably gotten some cans in the, the pantry. Um, oh God. Look, you that were was screaming. so cool. Yeah. Oh. everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, thank, thank you, kid. Yeah. I was, I was hyped. That was. I was. That was. I liked it. I was. Wow. Damn. 
axes in there and everything. Wow. All right. Well, uh, a look in the uh, uh, closet. Is there anything else in there? Oh, God, please don't let the. There's not another rad roach. That's the good news. Um, But what you do see is there is a heart shaped tin locket. And if you pick up the locket, you see that there is a small photo of the uh, gentleman of the couple, Joseph. And he's sort of wearing a goofy grin. And on the other side of the locket, like it's it's one of those lockets where it's like two pictures, like you have one picture in the left, one picture in the right. Mm -hmm. What you see on the right is that there is another person, but the actual face has been scratched out by a sharp object and you're not really able to recognize who it might be. Huh. What do do you guys make of this? I'll toss them the locket. Uh, and maybe uh, trouble in paradise. Uh, uh, God. I'll put my gloved finger to my chin, uh, my handkerchiefed chin, like perhaps, perhaps the husband turned upon his own wife and skewered her with his pitchfork in a fit of rage as the lover's quarrel deepened too far. This may be a possibility. I'll surmise to myself openly and loudly. Do we know? I mean, how familiar are we with uh, Joseph and Teresa? Do we? Are they? Do they seem like? Have they argued before publicly? Perhaps. It's a good question, and this is a good opportunity to maybe introduce the fact that you can give me an action point for me to answer that question. Oh. I don't want to give you any action points. <laughs> um, is there any sense motive? No. Okay. I guess no. That wouldn't. They're work. mine. It would just be thinking. It would uh, just be thinking, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's no way that we could surmise that. There's no oh. knowledge checks in this system, is there? No. no and that's actually the best. Well, son of a bitch. There kind of is knowledge checks, but it's definitely more narrative than say D and D, where you would have to roll like an Arcana or a History. No, I just tell you things. Is is the way it works. <laughs> Are we are we willing to spend one to to get information on the couple's like reading marital barometers? Yeah, Mar- <laughs> marital reading. What do you guys think? Do you think they're they're with knowing knowing more about and that their relationship status as well as our comprehension of it would enhance this in any way, or do we want to like just keep making assumptions? Well, we do have the bloody footprints to track down. Hmm. I right. say footprints first, and after that, we'll be like, oh, wait, I, and we'll, like, later on, I'm like, now I remember, Jeff, Joseph hates his wife, of course. Oh, that's right. He was in the middle of town, and he said, I'm going to skewer her with a pitchfork. I distinctly remember that. Right, because she ate his last, um, what are they called? Um, Tarberry. It's not potato, it's tar- tartatoes? Or tartatoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, right, he ate the last one at during dinner, and he just goes and openly states to everyone, woman, tonight you're getting skewered. We thought it was a Bobby joke, but uh, he actually meant to kill her. Well, whoopsie poopsie. All right, let's go and follow those footprints. Fanel has that idea. That's a damn good idea. Let's go and follow the trail. You lead on, Captain Survive. You've got this. You got the survive. Um, can I assist in a survive? Is there is there assistance check? Is there help checks? There is. There actually is a uh, assistance roll. Um, but 
I don't think it's quite required for this. I think you, unless you want to like deliberately sneak your way out, which I guess I'll ask, do you want to sneak as you're inspecting the footprints or you just want to follow them? (laughs) Any pretense of stealth has been thrown out the window at this point. Oh, I've been screaming this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just too excited. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I love it. I love the energy. Let's just bumble after the footprints, I guess. Hell yeah, bumbling. Let's Um, go. I would actually have a question as we're passing through the kitchen to trail after the the footprints. Yes. Um, Looking at the body of the wife, Mm -hmm. does she have any defensive? I mean, I would ask the doctor, uh, Worm, can you take a look? Does she have any signs of violence other than the pitchfork? I mean, I don't know, defensive wounds on the arms, anything you can see there? Right, I, I'll uh, I'll take a look. Although right. you know she's like me, so uh, it's kind of hard to tell what's wounds and what's just you know yeah, festering boils and features. radiation burns. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, shouldn't you have a lot of experience with that sort of thing, given your own state? Go on, you can say it. Well, given that you're a, a hideous mass of you know decayed flesh and. You know, just okay, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say, but okay, you went a, like a couple of steps farther than I expected, but fine. Yeah. I'll take a you, look. You know, I have nothing but respect for your people, though. Ah, oh, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Dr. Worm, if you want to give me a uh, perception in medicine, uh, difficulty of zero here, trying to get you guys some action points. Perception and medicine. Get in that's those action true. points. Yeah, I uh, I cannot wait for the actual Rule 20 sheets to be ready because that'll make this even faster. Yeah, yeah. right now we're, we're sort of slumming it with a, with a macro, but uh, we make do. This is slumming it? Oh, my God. You should see the way that my group plays. This is literally, I'm like, damn, dude, there's a macro. Holy shit. Uh, we get dice? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we're allowed to roll shit? Oh, my God. My medicine is a tag skill, just to keep that. All right, mind, let's so. take. Oh well, that actually worked. The macro works. So you rolled a one. So this <gasps> is a. Um, this is a good. Yeah, this is a critical success, which means that one actually counts as two successes. Um, so you get two action points back, and yeah, doctor. Um, it's not really good or bad news, but I'll tell you what you see. You see that despite the ghoul nature of Teresa, you do see that her face and arms do show signs of a fierce struggle. There are defensive wounds, noticeable defensive wounds. And you, based on your medical expertise, you're pretty sure that these happened before the impale happened. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you notice is that you remember that picture that you saw in the locket, how it was, you know, the face was scratched out. Yep. Well, now that you look at Teresa, she's wearing the same sort of dress that the other person was wearing uh, in that locket. Right. Hmm. Now, do I know anything else about these defensive wounds? Like, does it look like they were caused by, oh, let's say fingernails or claws or... What I would say is, yeah, what I would say is that as you're sort of inspecting the body, you sort of are in that archway between the kitchen and the living room. Um, mm-hmm. Your eyes sort of wander towards the kitchen for a little bit, maybe not just to look at the footprints, 
But what you're noticing is that there's an overturned drawer with uh, scattered utensils like knives, spoons, forks. And you are noticing that some of the tips of the knives are bloodied. Not in like someone stepped on them with bloody feet, but like actually someone, you know. Used them. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Okay, so... Um generally bad news sort of all the way around um it looks like teresa here was struggling with somebody before she got um you know uh american gothic over here um and uh as you can see this cutlery is um well it's freshly painted if you know what i mean so um we got a we got i think we got a murder definitely and not like an attack you know Unless there are super intelligent rat roaches walking around with, uh, that are jealous of marital arrangements, I think it's safe to say that uh, we got to find Joe. Yes, where is Joseph? Could oh. he be the killer? Just one thing, yeah. Doctor Worm. I-, I would really rather appreciate it if you stopped dropping all those references to things that. I don't know, didn't exist or haven't existed for hundreds of years. I don't know what this hey. American Gothic thing is, but it's it's really frustrating. I know you're, uh, what, 500 years older than either of us, but... Yes, 500. It's a book, right? American Gothic's a book? No, it is It is not a book. It's... it's a, there was the... In the before times, they had something that they did for recreation but also art was they they would take pigments and make images out of them it was called painting right and Ooh. this was a a well-known painting um of a dentist and his sister but people what thought it was dentist? his wife okay okay we're gonna be here all day if i have to explain <laughs> dentistry all right a- fair enough it's about that time that it's about that time that I'm actually going to spend one of my own action points. The GM does get oh. their own pool of action points. Um, what I'm going to say is that uh, you all hear the unmistakably loud noise of a shotgun blast coming from the direction of the red barn in the backyard. Oh, fuck. Whole ass exactly. time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. No, it's go, 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 go. <laughs> all right. So uh, as you all rush out, you, of course, do notice that the bloody footprints do lead straight up to the barn door. And as you peek inside, um, what you see is the crazed look of a man that is on the verge of losing it. Now, again, Joseph is a ghoul, so he is a little bit emaciated, a little bit, you know, flesh falling off kind of a thing. But what you're seeing is that he is holding a uh, a shotgun uh, with a shaking hand, and he's not really pointing it at the door at the moment. Um, he's sort of like just sort of pointing it towards a point, a point in the bar, the barn um, off to his right. So he's he's up against the back wall. And he's pointing off to the right. So for you, it's pointing to the left. Um, And you see that his eyes are wide and mad. His teeth are in a grimace. Like it's one of those toothy sort of sort of gestures. Um, Strangely, he's wearing like 
five or six layers of shirts and sweaters. And that makes his shaking movements a little bit slow and awkward. And as you all sort of peek in and see this, uh, the shotgun swings towards you all. And Joseph screams, I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't know any of you. And I need to know what are you all doing at this moment? Okay. I, using my advanced thought, will end, oh will we'll use the flow charts um, and showcasing that, okay, so bullets have not happened yet. So I should attempt to talk first. Put the gun down, Joe. No one has to get hurt. Not so loud. You're going to spook him. And what I would say, this is Joe. Okay. Now that's too soft. He can't hear you. Okay. Joseph, put the gun down. Good. Good. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Is that so, a diplomacy checker? Yeah. So what you're gonna roll for me, Valister, is you are going to be rolling me a charisma and a speech, please. And what I would tell you before you start the macro is this is going to be a difficulty of four, which means oh, you're gonna be wanting to spend at least one of your action points on additional dice. So this is a good opportunity for, for me to speak about that a little bit. So in order to roll 3d20, you spend one action point. In order to spend or in order to roll 4d20, you spend three action points. Oh. One for the first additional and then another two for the second additional die. Correct. Right. This is this is gonna be rough. Okay, and I need to get four successes in order to make sure that will calm him and make it so that he doesn't blow us apart. Correct. Um Okay, um, my good pal here, the doctor, was walking me through it. Is that possibly counted as an assistance? And is that in any way also able to help? Because you said assistance rules were also a thing. They are a thing. And you know what? This is a perfect opportunity for that. So when you assist, um, you basically are rolling 1d20. And you can't buy any additional die, but it is a way for you to help. Uh, in a way, and you can crit and do all the normal things uh, when you're assisting. It's just you're stuck to 1d20. Okay. What do you think? Should I be buying both the dice to try and go for it and we have a, a pool of five to work with? Um, I'm a bit nervous about this one because this is like a... If, if, if this is a goofer, this guy is leveling that gun towards me and he's probably yeah. going to try and blast me out of existence. Nobody wants buckshot to the chest. I, I think we should definitely right. spend some. Yeah, let's try and get up to two. Um, if that's if, if you guys think that that's okay to to do at this particular point, which means that we'll have to spend three action points, right, uh, and drain that pool. Okay, so you'll so have you'll have four d twenty, and I'll roll my one for assistance. Mm-hmm. You okay, got so it. Generic roller. We got four d twenty. Mid. With my special here, that is going to be um, my charisma, which is unfortunately a five. But that's pretty. Average. Ah, yes, we sent the talker in. Ah, my speech of one. <laughs> nice. 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 Oh, no. So, unfortunately, with no successes whatsoever. I think what's going to happen is we're actually going to go into initiative order here as the crazed Joseph is going to attack you in earnest. 
So there's basically two trains of thought when it comes to initiative. Rules as written. Basically, it goes in order of who has the highest initiative score, um, which we can do. I don't have a problem doing it. Or we can do something more like Star Trek Adventures where it goes uh, player, enemy, player, enemy, back and forth. I think the second option is a little more dynamic, um, but I'm willing to do whichever one you all prefer. Huh. There's no rolling for initiative. It's just like... It's just straight what your score is, yeah. Not a D20 plus your initiative, but just a Mm. dead ass like... huh? Just a number. Just a number, yeah. So maybe my my math is probably wrong here, but wouldn't mm-hmm. the second method mean that the enemy gets to go more often Multiple than we times? do? If there's enough enemies, yes. Um, it's not one of those things where currently it's a three on one. The the Joseph isn't going to get three turns. He's only going to get his one turn. Oh. I see. Okay. okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, up to you guys how you'd want to do it. it. Means that he would get to possibly, depending on his initiative, get to go. Um, well, I think given that this is, I mean, we're doing an introduction to this system, so I think we yeah. should probably skew to rules as written, right? Okay. That's then I uh, I need to know what everybody's initiative score is. I will write it in chat. Correctly and not incorrectly. 13. A 13. Okay, two 13s and a 17. All right, what that's going to mean then is, uh, Faniel, uh, you are going to act first, then it will be the ghoul farmer, and then it will be Mr. Vallister, and then Dr. Worm. So Faniel is actually going to pull back from the door and Mm -hmm. gesture towards the back of the barn and around the corner, and then he's going to try to make his way behind uh, the barn and then sneak into the rear of the building, probably in the next round, in order to get up behind him. All right, and that is going to take both your minor and major action to do so, which means that Mr. Joseph is going to then look between Valister and Dr. Worm. I'm going to do the diplomatic thing. I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, if I roll a one, Mr. Valister. If I roll a two, Dr. Worm. Well, Dr. Worm, it seems you are the punching bag for today because that's oh, where the no. dice want to fall. All right, here we go. Uh, what is your defense? Defense is a one. Still, I, I wanted to check uh, because that is going to be a grand total of seven damage uh, to hey. your left leg. So this this is actually a good opportunity to handle injuries. It was going to happen eventually. Um, so you still reduce by your uh, damage resistance, which hopefully mm-hmm. you have some. Yeah, it's one. Okay. So you're going to take six damage, but the way the injury system works is when you take five or more damage to a limb, a critical effect has happened. So what that means is because you got a critical hit to your leg, Dr. Worm, is that you are going to immediately fall prone. And in order to move, it is a major action instead of a minor action. Oh. And that injury is going to persist until you actually do some first aid, which as a doctor you can do, but maybe not right this moment. If I remember correctly, the first aid is only going to treat. So it'll like remove the negative effect, but Mm -hmm. I still have to like properly recuperate for it to go away completely. Correct. Yeah. Which means means time and bed rest and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Oh, crap. 
Like, so I guess I will just take that shotgun blast in the leg and like fall over forward prone mm-hmm. as it blasts me back. Ah, fuck. What is wrong with this day? God damn it. This is the worst fucking day for you. Oh, God. All right. Well, Valister, you're up next. What would you like to do? Um, I seeing that he is insane and shot it following the flow chart. It's time to bl- it's time to blow this man away. It is bullet time. Um, I level the gun, my 10 millimeter, um, rust, possibly rusted and gross looking as hell um, against him. I'm like, you're giving me no choice, Joe. Uh, and I will uh, attempt to shoot this man. I'll try to shoot so let's uh, let's actually make a uh, point of order here. So your difficulty on this would be a one, but what you specifically said there was that you took a aim at him, and that's actually a minor action. And oh. what the aim action does is it does mean you can re-roll a d20 if you so wish. Um, oh. Now, the other thing I would say is that if you want to shoot Joe in a specific location you can actually increase the difficulty by one, so it would be difficulty of two, but you would be hitting them in a specific location rather than a random one. You know, but the way I've been rolling today, I don't think that that, let's just try and get some damage in on it. There's no, I I don't think I'm a marksman here who's going to be able to blast (laughs) away the hand, the gun out of his hands and be like, gotcha, Joe. No, it's just, let's hope I can hit him. Please don't let this man kill the doctor or myself. Okay. All right. right, In that case, I am going to need a agility and a small guns roll, please. All right. I think I'm pretty good at that. I think that's a tag skill. Uh, Okay. Two dice. Um, uh, I definitely... No, that's the combat dice. Wrong macro. I I definitely hit the wrong thing. I'm so sorry. You're fine. uh, Two dice. Agility is... Big boy seven. Big boy. And... Skill for small guns is three. This is a big roll for me. All right, let me check in. Is your uh, is your small arms actually tagged? Yes, it is. Ah, what that means then, and this is again a good teaching opportunity. Um, Benno has rolled a seven and a three. Well, because that three is underneath his small arm skill, uh, or small gun skill, I should say. Um, what that means is that that three or lower counts as a crit. So that's not two successes. That's three successes, which means you actually get two action points for getting extra successes. <gasps> Oh, we're bringing it back, boys. We're getting the pool bigger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there at this point, uh, go ahead and roll me the damage on your uh, pistol, and that'll be a combat dice roll. Got it. Damage on pistol is... And yeah, uh, Strata Hitokuri. Oh, God, I can English today. Yeah, basically, tagged is a focus in the system if we are comparing it to uh, to Star Trek Adventures. Yeah. All right, so that is three damage. And at this point, because you didn't aim for a specific location, uh, could you roll me a hit location? Uh, the macro should just be a click, and it'll tell you what you hit. Hit location. Right on. All right, so you take a carefully aimed shot. You squeeze the trigger. Shot rings out. Hits Joseph in the right arm. It kind of jerks back a little bit, and he snarls in pain. Um, but he doesn't drop the gun, unfortunately. Um, now what I would say is again, teachable moment here, you could spend two action points to take another major action, 
but if you did so, it would be at a plus one difficulty. So, let's, for example, if you wanted to shoot again, um, you could do so. Um, but again, it would be at a difficulty two now. Mm. And you'd have to spend action points to do so. Correct. And I'd have to spend action points. Um, let's wait and see if if Faniel can uh, can save us here. All right. In that case, we now turn to Dr. Worm on the ground. What would you like to do? Um, I, I assume I assume shouting curse words is a free action. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a free okay. action. All right. Well, okay, so I'm I'm prone. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. So that means that moving is a major action. All right. Correct. Um so just to just to get off of prone would be my major action, right? We can assume that. Yeah, that that tracks. Okay. Um let's see here. Got to look at uh what the uh minor actions are again. Uh you can aim, you can draw an item, you can interact, and you can take a chem. Oh, a chem. Oh my god. I don't know if we have any drugs this early. I Unless, do. I mean, you are a doctor. I do have drugs. Hi. <laughs> Not as many as I would like, but I do have drugs. Okay, so what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to use my major action to kind of like, I, I won't get up prone necessarily. What I'd like to do is just sort of like shimmy and kind of drag myself with my with my arms, right? Back mm-hmm. sort of oh, out of the entrance of the barn to behind one of the doors as mm-hmm. best as I can. Um, and then I would like to use the take chem minor action uh, to use one of my stim packs. Ooh, yeah, go ahead. Now, uh, stim packs, if I remember correctly, they just heal straight, if I remember correctly. Ooh, that's actually 4 HP. There yeah. you go, 4 HP. Hey, yeah, back in. All right. So as you're dragging yourself and injecting yourself with a stim pack, uh, we now sort of turn the camera around to follow where uh, Faniel is uh, coming in. So Faniel, at this point, you've reached the back part of the barn. What would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to just take a quick peek inside to see whether he's looking in this direction or if he's still focused on the other door. Uh, and if there are any areas that I can sort of use as cover as I'm sneaking towards him. What I would say is based on the layout of this barn, um, the door that you have found comes out into the main space of the barn to the left of where Joseph is sitting. And Joseph is eagle-eyed, almost straight, narrow on the big barn door itself. So he's definitely not looking in your direction. As far as cover, though, not a whole lot of cover between you and Joseph right now. Would I have a bead on him with a throwing axe from this distance? You would. Okay. Make uh, the throw. Then, yes, I think I'm going to aim for his arm. Uh, would I be able to get a shot on his injured arm that I can see he's favoring? Or um, is the position of body uh, obviate that possibility? I would say that you could maybe hit the right arm at a difficulty of three overall. Um but you probably could only hit the second or the left arm uh, in this instance, unless 
Unless you really, really, really wanted to aim for it, if you get my meaning. Okay. Uh, then I will aim for his arm in, in the hopes that he will sort of not be able to wield the shotgun. Okay. Um, and would anyone mind if I spent the three dice on that uh, aimed shot? Go. Use. Okay. So, so this be... for you is going to be an agility and a throwing test. And the difficulty will be a two. And that's a tagged skill. So. Okay. Noted. Oh, hi. Oh, wow. Oh, and you got a one. So that is, yeah. that is four successes, which means you get two action points right back. And um, what I would say is that throwing damage, um, you can augment by spending action points here. Um, so would you wish to do so before you roll anything? If it's all right with all of you, I think I'd spend one. All right. Yeah, it works for me. And that'll be uh, one additional combat dice to your uh, to your roll. So from base damage, four to five. All right, so that is... And you still have Vicious One on it, yeah? Uh, only for animals. So okay. uh, unless... Sorry, the exact wording is uh, against an NPC target with either the mammal, lizard, or insect keywords and the mutated keyword. Let me check, because you said that the mutated, mutated keyword. Yep. Then, yeah, he counts as a ghoul, which is a mutated human, so I would rule that it does count. And what does the vicious do again? So the vicious is, for every one of those effects, the effect itself counts as one. So when it's one plus effect, in this instance, that basically means it's a two instead of oh, just a one. God. Oh, mm -hmm. boy, that's intense. Yeah. So, uh, Faniel, you carefully aim with your throwing axe. You line it up and you huck it and it twirls through the air in cinematic fashion as it embeds itself into the upper shoulder area or maybe that bicep area of the arm. And since you did effectively seven damage uh, to Joseph, Joseph does drop the weapon immediately as mm. his arm becomes useless. And he snarls and goes, what are you doing? I, who... Who are you? Uh, and he just continues to make these very confused and obviously distressed noises. Yeah, but I think at that um, point I, would, I would race in to kick the gun away. But well, what I would say is that for his turn, I think he is literally just going to panic. I don't think he's going to do anything on his turn, um, which would then mean Valister, you're up next. What's the call? Well, um. It doesn't seem to be letting bullets fly anymore, so I think we might be out of it. Is there any way I can help up um, uh, our the good doctor here? Yeah, I would say that would take your minor action to help him up. Okay, uh, and can I close in? What was he? Because he was looking at something in the barn. Um, I want to close up in towards him uh, with my major action. Is do you use that to move? Is there a specific move action, or is it just the two minor and? Um, so what you could do is at least as I remember the rules correctly, you can downgrade your major to a minor. So you could move twice. Um, hmm. and gotcha. maybe something I should have started with is we don't actually really deal with specific concrete ranges. What we do is we do it in range bands. And so if you'll imagine basically these spheres of influence coming out of your character and there's of course, close range, anything you can touch. There's medium range, which is basically the standard distance for a pistol. 
There's long range, which is you're starting to get into rifles, things of that nature. Anything beyond that is extreme range, which is basically sniper rifles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So unless I'm misreading, you can move anywhere within medium range, and that would include getting up to Joseph if you so wished. Got it. And that's that's a minor action. That is a minor action, correct. Yeah, moving is a minor action. As part of that movement, am I also able to kick the gun towards uh, Faniel, who I now might be able to see considering the axe let loose? Yeah, I would say that uh, just give me one action point. I'll let you kick it away for free. I'll spend... Uh, you guys cool with that? You want that shotgun? <laughs> well, I don't want him to have it. All right, let's do it. We'll spend it. That shotgun is yours, Faniel, by your feet. There we go. All right. And since you've basically eliminated the threat, we come out of initiative order, and you all are free to move about the cabin. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, we got him. What was he looking at? What was he freaking out over? Looks like So you actually turn and look, and what you see is it is... Remember those pictures I said that were on the floor of the living room? The shattered picture frames and all that? Yeah. What you see is that... And the shot didn't hit it, so there's kind of like a blowout in one of the barn's uh, support studs. But hanging on the support stud is a picture of Joseph and his wife. What the fuck? And again, what I would say is that Joseph is, his eyes are wild. He's not really foaming at the mouth, but he's like, I don't know any of you. Why did you, why would you shoot me? What, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, kind of thing. I would say the doctor at this point would sort of limp in back inside the uh, the barn mm-hmm. and say, uh, uh, it, it just, all right, Val, Faniel, take it easy. It's clearly that this man is suffering from some kind of sickness or a fever or something. We got to get him treated. He's not in his right mind. I think that's, that's your department. It's, do you think he's on drugs? Oh, God. Sorry. Knows. Kems, Kems, it's Kems. I'm so sorry. You're My fine. immersion. <laughs> well, can can one of you come over here and I don't know, like help me out here? Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's I'll, gonna I'll, take twenty minutes for me to get over there. I I'm, I'll run back and I provide a a shoulder for him to you know, help help him get over here so yeah. he can limp and be all right. Motherfucker. Ah, okay. Yeah, just just set me next to him. I'll just sit down here. I proceed to do so. I'll just I'll I'll sit down like prop up next to him, basically against the back wall. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll take a ghouly hand and I'll pat him on the thigh and I'll say, uh, uh, "There, there, we're gonna get you taken care of. Just um, relax. Um, do you have any prior medical history that I need to know about? Any allergies or?" I, I don't know. I, I don't know who you are. I, I, I don't know who I am. I, I, I. All right. Well, don't blame me if you swell up like a balloon in a minute. Okay. I'd like to use. Um, I'd like to make a medicine check, basically, to figure out what kind of what I'm dealing with. If this is drugs or an illness or or what. What I would say is this is going to be an intelligence plus your medicine. Mm-hmm. And difficulty on this, let's make it a one. I think it's fairly obvious. Okay, intelligence, eight. 
Medicine three. Medicine is a tag skill again. Noted. All right. That I already see that's one crit. So that is uh, two successes, which means you get an action I... point. I, as you're probably guessing, Dr. Worm, this man is suffering from severe amnesia. And that amnesia, of course, is why he's confused, lashing out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do I, can I, can I surmise the cause of the amnesia? Is it head trauma? Is it some kind of like, is his brain boiling? Like what's going on? So it's the funniest thing. You actually, you know, check on his temperature. You check whether his brains are drooling out of his nose, you know, things like that. What you're noticing is that there's more sort of defensive wounds along his backside. And there's no indication that he's like suffering from a high fever or anything of that nature. Um, you can't really figure out why he's causing, why this amnesia is even happening. By all rights, he should be okay. Huh. Hmm. Doctor, those wounds on his back. Uh, so just to make clear, ELH, you're saying mm -hmm. that something attacked him from behind then? Yes, and something I forgot to mention is that it does look like the wounds were treated fairly recently. And what you would know is that there are doctors in Babelbrook. So, well, I should say one doctor in Babelbrook. Not just That's you, not Dr. Me. Worm, but yeah, yeah. another doctor. Um, so that might be a port of call in your future. So they've been dressed and they're not like fresh as in this happened along uh, around the same time as the injuries and the fatal one that was inflicted to his wife. Correct. You have it. Yes. These are dressed wounds. These took place far before the murder happened. Okay. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, this guy should be perfectly lucid. I don't see any sign of fever. I mean, there are some wounds back here, but they got dressed. Uh, drugs? I don't know. Who's got the gun? Uh, I think Faneuil would have picked that up since it was kicked in his direction. He would have that sort of cocked over his shoulder, and he would retrieve the hand axe if the doctor has deemed it safe to remove. Mm -hmm. um, I would have just, I would have just given you a look for you to just yank that sucker out of there. I mean, at this point, you shot him, you know, like. We'll 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 see if he lives, but uh, I'm not too we'll concerned about that. Oh my god! Great doctor. The the Hippocratic oath stops at me getting a shotgun blast to the knee. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, so if he's not, he doesn't seem to be a a risk uh, to us or himself anymore. Let's. Uh, Faniel, could you help me? Like, let's let's get him back to town. See if we can't get him treated, or, or or at least, like, you know, in a cell or something, so he doesn't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. And I would go and assist the doctor as best as possible. Although I would hand the shotgun off to uh, uh, to Val. Sick. I'll put it in the backpack just for safekeeping for right now. Uh, you might want to actually keep that at the ready you never know oh. what can jump out of the wilds when we're making our way back to the main town yeah apparently they just keep rad roaches in closets now so watch out for that yeah hope you weren't having it as a pet he's are you okay joseph are you even here right now 
at this point, he's just kind of like faded out, repeating the same sentence over and over and over. He's not really cognizant of what's going on around him. Oh, no, the Bethesda AI has kicked in. I'm sorry, Joseph, it's over. He's sinking to the floor. Yeah, sinking to the floor. There you go. (laughs) He's no clipping. Oh, can we well, examine what he was shooting at there? Like he's, I mean, I know it was his picture and everything, but like, what in the heck? Well, I tell you what, uh, if you want to roll me a intelligence and let's call this a science here an intelligence and science, let's call this a difficulty of two. Okay, I can do that. I'm pretty, I am, that's actually like some of my best skills and it's my tag. You got it. Good. Yeah, I like to enable players now and again. Older. All right. Survey says. Enough. And a three. All right. Well, this is actually another good teaching moment, but for perhaps the wrong purposes. So you have rolled a 20 here. And unlike in D&D, where a 20 is good, 20s are bad. 20 means that there is a complication uh, that takes place. And I think what the complication is going to be is that Joseph tries to make a break for it. And he tries to wrestle free of Faniel and Dr. Worm. And... I'm going to let you guys get a check in to stop him. But if you don't stop him, you have no idea what he's about to do. Um, So, Faniel, Dr. Worm, I need both of you uh, to decide who is doing the main role. But this is going to be a strength and an athletics. And one of you is assisting the other. Well, you should do it, Faniel, because Dr. Worm is not having a good time. And he's kind of a lightweight to begin with. So... Fair enough. Uh, just not not exactly my best skills either, but uh, let's do this. Oh God, is that all of our worst skills? I also have nothing in athletics. What I would say is that the difficulty on this will be a two. All right. Well, you did get the assist. That's good. My the, my target number for that, by the way, was a four. Nice, nice. Hey, and there's another success. So. Uh, Faniel and Worm, you are barely able to restrain Joseph as he tries to get up. But what I would say, Valister, yeah, there you go. What I would say, Valister, is even though you roll the complication, what I'm going to say is that after seeing the reaction of you getting close to the picture, I think it's maybe safe for you to assume or at least come to the conclusion that, I, I mean, if Amnesia's in play and he's sort of lashing out at things that are strange and unfamiliar. Maybe because he sees himself with an unfamiliar person in a picture, maybe that's causing distress. Huh. I don't think Joseph knows who this person is. He has amnesia. Congratulations. Yes, that is a a brilliant deduction. Right, but why would he become so hostile when he does... He he doesn't like he, wouldn't he become hostile when he sees I mean okay he did yes he did but he's he's chilled at the moment it's it's clear there's something else going on here it's amnesia and then some other concurrent symptom that we haven't figured out yet 
This is very weird. Now, there's an aberrant hostility towards his wife. I don't know. Right. Can we just, can we just get him into town already? Fair enough. All right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, my leg fucking smarts, and there is no way that I am going to hop along Cassidy, this motherfucker, back to uh, Babble Brook. Uh, can we get like a wheelbarrow or something? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look around for one here. Give me one second. There's Just a conveniently chuck, placed chuck wheelbarrow there. off to the right. Oh, look, a conveniently placed wheelbarrow off to the right. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> and as you all as you all get ready to go back to town, I think that is a good opportunity to take a five to ten minute break. So we'll be back very shortly, stream. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, if you're just tuning in, well, the players have investigated a farmhouse on the outskirts of Babelbrook, and what they have found is a murder that took place because apparently one of the uh, old ghouls in the couple decided to kill their spouse because they had amnesia. And we now rejoin our players as they take that very same ghoul, Old Man Joseph, back to Babelbrook for medical attention and inspection. Uh, at this point, I would say that the sounds of revelry and other sorts of party noises coming from the town have died down. Um, the reason for that is not only because it is getting late into the evening, maybe about 8, 9 o'clock, but in addition, the storm I mentioned earlier, the sort of sounds of the storm coming in, you sort of look to the south and see that a rad storm is blowing in from the glowing sea. Uh, probably not going to be a oh, major God. rad storm, but it's still not something you want to be caught outside with. And all things considered, you actually doesn't don't run. In... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. As it doesn't bother me. Oh, this is true. This is true. You are a ghoul. But uh, as you proceed into the actual town proper, you're not seeing other people. Um, and that's probably a good thing because the one person that does see you is the mayor, Jesse. And Jesse sort of runs up to you and goes, what, the, what are you doing? I said discreetly. I will, I will delicately gesture to my just torn up left leg, mm -hmm. and I will say, uh, with all due respect, Mr. Mayor, uh, in this particular instance, with all of the detail that we have at hand, and with our own due discretion that you have granted us in dispensing certain actions in in response to this crisis go fuck yourself and i think the mayor is like <laughs> i'm sorry what i'm sorry that's the leg talking someone else say something uh go fuck yourself mayor uh, <laughs> uh, uh mr mayor as the uh board of contention here he he shot at us i mean Man's man's not man's not right in the head right now, so we're trying the best that we can. Well, get him into the clinic before someone. Oh no! I see you, Antoine. I see you. Don't you get? God damn it! He's gonna go tell everybody in the town now. Well, look, look. Oh shit! Just... Loudmouth Antoine. Oh, that guy tells everyone everything. Look, he. You know, he's just gonna pass out later, and you can just, you know, we'll 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 draw some genitals on his forehead and say that. You know, he was blitzed out of his mind. 
drunken ramblings after the party you can you can shove that under the rug really easily hell you can say that this guy is wasted too i mean how bad can it be mm-hmm. well i'll go try to handle antoine I, I guess go to the clinic and see what you could do for joseph here and your leg god just do something about that leg it looks horrific uh, uh no it's actually the <laughs> the other leg i know they both look horrific but and I think Jesse is like, I'm going to go now. And he just starts sliding off yeah. to go chase after Antoine. That's right. You walk away. Wow. Uh, what a uh, nice man. Yeah. What an incredible how, racist. How did he, uh, how did he, how did he become mayor? You think? And I'll, I'll just keep wheelbarrowing as we try and get our way to the clinic. Mm-hmm. Well, if if my knowledge of politics and my long life is going to tell me anything, is that people love racists. Oh, people love racists. Okay, got it. That down somewhere. Okay, it's it's good for fomenting a, a power base. You know, exclusion of one group. I mean, why do you think mm-hmm. they have to live on the outskirts of town? The Gold Couple. I mean, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Farming land. Farming land requires a lot of space, and uh, in order for it to be useful, you need to have a wide berth, so you can't usually have a lot of them put together. Plus, the crop rotation would never work in a uh, more enclosed area, such as nearer to the city. Oh, 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 or racism, or racism, or racism. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take farming suggestions from you, Mr. Ghoul Vapors are definitely a thing. Again, new knowledge, recent book. It's, uh, it's another scribe trying to push it, but, you know, not all knowledge. Any type of knowledge, no matter how strange or fringe, should be looked at with a spectacle eye and at least given its, its fair shake. See, Although, your problem is might you're, be you're reading books. I mean, experiential <laughs> knowledge, living in the wastes, you know, engaging with the world as it is rather than having your face buried in one of those books, that's the only way that you can actually learn how the world really works. I definitely got a taste of that today. Oh, my God. And so did you, Doctor. It's all yeah. over your chest and on your leg. And, you know, I think I, think I like books a little better. They seem safer. I seem, they seem safer. Yeah, I'm going to have to cast my vote for books, too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've, I've never had one of my medical textbooks shoot me in the leg, so... You know. Well, being able to read probably helps with that. I mean, my skill that I picked up. But oh no, I have I have offered to teach you no fewer than twelve times, and every time you're like, "Oh, the spirit of the outside world's journey. I gotta go on a vision quest or whatever." Yeah, you're saying something about the outdoors calls to you, or. Get bent, idiot, or listen, nerd. If I wanted to read something, I would shit first. That one doesn't make any sense to me. I think that you're just yeah, imagining that. It's I didn't stress. understand that last one. No, but I mean, if you if you want to commune with the natural world, to hear the ghosts of our ancestors and the the irradiated spirits of the wasteland. There we go again. I mean, that's how you learn how the world functions. I mean, like getting high in the wastes. Well, it helps. Sick, are we in the clinic? 
Yeah, I was going to say it's at this point that you pull up to the clinic and what you see inside is that um, it's basically a long hallway with curtain rooms off to the side every so often. Um, There's also a actual examining and surgical operating, well, what you could call a surgical theater in post-apocalypse wasteland anyway. Um, And when you sort of poke your head inside and you look sort of at each of the uh, curtain rooms. Um, there's a few people in here with uh, maybe some bumps and bruises. Um, there's a few in here which are obviously sleeping off a major hangover. Um, but what you're all hearing is the sounds of gentle weeping coming from the back of the clinic. And nobody else seems to be moving. Like there are some sounds of, you know, drunk people moaning and, you know, maybe a few people turning over and snoring in their sleep. But the sobbing seems a little bit weird. Ah, uh, what fresh hell is this? I think it's called sadness. Someone's very sad. But what? Another thing I should tell you real quick is that there is a front desk of sorts, and oh. there is also a supply cabinet that sits behind the desk. Do we know who the uh, doctor is other than our good pal here? Um, the, like the the town doctor, the official one, because they didn't want to hire a ghoul because they're racists. Right. Uh, the doctor's name is Dr. Jefferson. Oh, Dr. I'm going to write that down. Dr. Oh, he is just Ray moving Jefferson. on up. Jefferson. Okay, got it. Possible. I, I think Dr. Warren would just like, he's just going to beeline it straight for the medical cabinet back there. And okay. just get um, gauze and antiseptic, just anything that he can <laughs> find to like treat his left leg. He's like, All right. I don't want to do this. I'm so the supply cabinet is locked, but you can attempt to pick the lock by giving me a perception and a lock pick test at a difficulty of two. I will do that. Um, so perception. Can I pass said? him? Can I pass him my bobby pin? I mean, like, oh. Yeah. Now, does the bobby pin actually... Let me check real quick. Is it actually something that the bobby pin gives a... I think it makes it easier. Yeah, let me check real quick. Yes, if you tagged lockpick as one of your skills, I think you got a special bobby pin that uh, makes lockpicking easier. I do have a tag for lockpicking. Oh, well then maybe you should do the picking, but Worm has to ask for your help first, which... I need to hear because. <laughs> okay. Oh. Worm is not asking for my help for Sherry. He's going to be like, yes. I've done this. I've been alive for 50, 100 bazillion years. You don't think I, I don't want to get into a medical cabinet? I'm going to try it myself first. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. I want to see it. I want to see this. Perception and then lock picking. Mm hmm. All right. Well, this is actually a good teaching moment because that is a 20. Now, this is where we get into luck. So each of you has your own luck score. It's part of your special. You Mm -hmm. have a number of luck points equal to your luck score. And what you can do is by spending one luck, you can reroll one D20 by spending one luck. I have massive luck. Go for it, man. Which I will do now. All right. 
And okay, so this is where it starts to differ from Star Trek Adventures. As far as I can tell, you technically could spend another luck to reroll it again unless I misread. But there is still a limit of, you know, you can only reroll it like up to five times or something like that. But oh, a 17 wow. is still not a success. Okay, another luck it is. I'm going to waste all my luck on a cabinet today. <laughs> Damn I, I it! I don't think a 14 gets you anywhere either. All right, another luck it is. Here we go. Come on, big bucks, no whammies. How, does a 10 work? It does. You uh, have a 10. You get by the skittier too. I do, yeah. First attempt, you just sort of hear a clunk, and you're like, well, son of a... You go for the second attempt, another clunk. You're starting to get a little annoyed. Third attempt, click, and the supply oh, opens up. And inside... Work, you son of a bitch! He fucking smacks, like he just smacked the Russian smack, and it just wore, opens for Absolutely, no reason. Absolutely, yeah. The, I, I definitely <laughs> fonzied that lock. I was just like, come on, you motherfucker, get open. Yeah, that uh, the percussive maintenance approach. Who, who, who put a lock on this? Well, the chuck, reason there's a lock on it... On the, I'll just chuck it on the uh, receptionist desk. Got it. But the uh, the reason there's a lock on it is because inside are the following supplies. There are oh. two Rataway, there are two Stimpaks, and there are three Mentats. Well, I'm not here to as would be in my normal Fallout playthrough, to take hey, uh, every goddamn thing. Um, instead, I'm just going to take the one stim pack and use it to treat my injury. All right. So let me pull up the first aid rules. Uh, let's see. That would be under 33. All right. Uh, so if you do me an intelligence and a medicine... At difficulty of one, um, you can actually get rid of your leg injury here. I don't think I could. I think it's still treating it, not getting oh. rid of it. Uh, da, 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 da. No, it's still an in medicine. I'm looking at page 34. Um, it, it's not going to heal your... Oh, I see what you're saying. It's it is not entirely passed up, but it doesn't impose the penalty anymore. Is what right. it is, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm mean, using the take chem action to bypass having to make that test, so it would just treat. I see what you're doing now. Okay, yeah, yeah right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah, you no longer suffer the uh, banged up the leg limp. approach. Yeah, banged up limb. Ah, sweet relief. Ah, oh, looking better already. Well done. Don't don't patronize me. I know I look like shit. All right. Well, that's no different than usual. But um, why didn't you just like find the doctor or a nurse and ask for the key? Oh yeah, like I'm just gonna let any country bumpkin come in here and take a stim pack to my leg when they'll probably just look at me and 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 screech in fear and grab a torch and run me out of town. No, I think they use a pitchfork if it, our past experience has given us any har, indication. Hardy, har, har. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. That was, I mean. That was dark, okay. yeah. He, he has a point. This is, I, I think I get why he did that. That's fair enough. 
let's go and check that weeping person. I just want to. Oh, oh. Also, we should probably get um, uh, our our friend here, Joseph, maybe a little bit more treated, or at least set up in a bed. Uh, where's the doctor? I'll look medic. around for the doctor. And yeah, as you call out medic and look around for the doctor, uh, what you notice is that no doctors walking around, no orderly, no nurse. It That's interesting. Literally just seems that patients were thrown on beds and then left to their own devices, which is very odd. Well, is everybody partying? Not at this hour. Oh, oh sleeping off the partying? Oh, for God's oh. sake. Well, let's ask someone. Um, I'm going to head around to see if anyone's more cognitive. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably the weeping person, since they're actively weeping. I assume that they'll be able to. They're tell. asleep, but they're still weeping. Yeah, they're still <laughs> sleeping. Um, what I would say is that the weeping individual is coming from what probably is what you would know as the uh, doctor's actual office or what fares as their office. Um, the door to that is currently closed, but... Uh, you are able to find that there is a younger boy, maybe about seven, eight years old, that is up and cognizant, is responding to your presence. And you would know him as the son of a craftsman in town. You know that this uh, this boy's name is George, and he is the son of Tom. George, son of Tom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hi there, Georgie. How are you doing, little buddy? Hey, do you know what's going on right now? Why isn't any uh, nurses or doctors in? Well, um, what um, are you in for, buddy? Well, um, I, I, they just brought a, I, 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 I sprained my ankle. Um, it, it was, it was really weird. I was running around, you know, playing with, playing with the toys that they, they brought out for, for Founders Day, and I, Cut I banged my ankle. Are you doing chems? No, <laughs> no sir. No, no, I'm, I'm not doing any chems. You get syphilis. What's going on? What? <laughs> I, I, uh, sir, I'm only eight. I don't even know what syphilis is. Oh, that's a likely story. I know. Back, even back in my time, kids were doing it younger and younger. You tell me Doc. what little crotch goblin Please. disease you have right now. Doc. I, 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 Leave I, him alone, Doc. No, it's okay. Hey, George, don't, don't look at him. Don't look at scary old mean Dr. Worm. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, make the kid a racist, too. Sure. I... I, I like to give you like this small, like dead, dead ass, like thousand yard stare, pull up, pull up my hands, like in a small field goal and just like point to you. And I'm like, stop for one second. All right. Okay. I, I'm sorry, child. I'm under a lot of heavy medication. It, it's okay. Daddy said that that happens sometimes. Yeah, I mm. bet it does. But um, yeah. Do you do you know who my dad is, by the way? Um Tom. I don't remember my dad's name. I shit. I'm like, I look to everyone, I'm like, you don't remember your father's name. It, no, I'm it was really weird. I was playing at at at, at the and he repeats his story uh, almost verbatim once again. Oh no, he's a Fallout NPC. <laughs> he only has a sequence of dialogue that he can repeat a couple of times a day. Oh dear God, this whole city needs to be purged. 
Okay, right. No. Um, uh, I looked at them like, oh, interesting, interesting. You sit right there. You know, we'll figure this out. Uh, your dad's name is Tom, and I will write it down on a note, and I will just leave it in front of him. You can't read yet. I completely forgot. I was going to say, <laughs> he's going to look down at the note and go, I can't read. That's okay. I'll fold it over and write that, and I'll make a little smiley face. I'm like, there we go. That's for you, buddy. That's for you. Just hang on to that. That's for you. And I will slinker away and go back to them and be like, I think this is getting a lot worse than we initially thought. That kid can't remember who his father is. Mm. Now, doctor, now that you've thoroughly traumatized the child, and I'm sure that he has no desire to let you near him, maybe you could go examine him and see if you can find anything that might be wrong with him. Wounds similar to those that we noticed on... Uh, uh on joe yeah, yeah I'll, I'll i'll take a look uh, great great bedside manner i'm i this is what you learned in your books I'm glad i didn't touch them this is definitely not for the books no no none of none of the they don't say to act like this this is definitely not from the books he learned how to be a doctor from his books it's it's exactly where St he learned no, this I, this no <laughs> fanuel please please i swear it's not like this well Dr. Worm, sure if you want to... It's just Worm's charm. It's just his specific charm. Well, Dr. Worm, if you want to take a whack at it, go ahead and give me a uh, intelligence in medicine here. But I'll again, teaching moment, I am going to increase the complication range. So now you will create a complication on a 17 to 20. Okay. Intelligence 8. Medicine three, tag skill. All right. And you got lucky. You only rolled two 16s, which means no complications. But you also don't find anything that would connect. Uh, Spending George's a luck injuries. point. Spending a luck. All right. I have no luck remaining, which, I mean, fits with the rest of this day. And that is actually a crit. Very nice. Luck uh, the for difficult. Days. The Big difficulty iron. was only a one, so you actually do get a action point as well. And what I'm going to tell you is you're not seeing anything that would connect George's injuries to Joseph's injuries. Mm. But you are able to run a few cognizant tests, like mental tests, to see you know George's response. And what you're getting is the vibe that he has forgotten the important information first, i.e. close familial familial connections like fathers, wives, things like that. He still remembers his own name, but you are seeing the signs of the same sort of amnesia that Joseph has going on. Okay. Ooh, this would be a pandemic. I am real quick. I think my head tracking has melted here for a second. I'm just going to stop my video feed. All right. Uh, and I will pull it back when I have that going. So um, keep, keep, keep on it. I just need to reset something real quick. Go for it. I'll just, I'll come back. I will, you know, whatever ratty curtain there is, I'll just pull it back to obscure the child and come back. Uh, okay. Um, so we have a, a, a real uh, pandemic kind of situation going on here. Um, that's two um, patients so far with uh, similar uh, mental issues. And um, I don't think it's going to stop there. Here's the problem. That kid, untouched. 
no weird back wounds, no, you know, bitter wives. I mean, I assume he's not married. Uh, One would hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't know how to link the two. Oh, no. This is getting serious. I'm wondering if we talk to more people, it could not, it could be. Uh, I look around to the other people. Oh, do they're non-cognizant? Or do they all look kind of like, do they have the same expression as our young George here? Is everyone kind of have that lost in like um, uh, staring off in the distance, wondering who they are and where they are, why they're here sort of expression? Yep, you got it. Mm. And I'm going to now start to guess that possibly why the doctor is weeping because he also has forgotten who or where the heck fuck he is. And now we've also figured out that that's why there's no orderlies or anyone looking after anyone because everyone's forgotten what the hell they are and why they're here. Shit. Well. Okay, hmm. follow me on this one. Okay. If it's affecting this many people, this many different age groups and general health and all this business, there's got to be a common denominator. I think something happened at the party. Maybe uh, drinks got spiked. Uh, water supply got poisoned. Uh, food has got some kind of weird fungus in it or something. Wait. They all got it. You're right. Georgie said that they brought something out for the Founders Day. Right. What did they bring out? There is one problem, I think, with your theory, and that's that Joe and uh, Teresa, they started showing symptoms before the party. Oh, crap. Uh-oh. No, it was two hours ago, which means it would have still been today, but two, it was but two hours ago before she was skewered. They were on the outskirts, that- so they mm-hmm. wouldn't have been at the party mm-hmm. and... But they got, okay, the, our initial mission was that there was a break-in and at their location and there were signs of a scuffle, or at least that's what, that's what the mayor was saying. That's the right. initial report we received. So when we get there, we see horrible situations, nightmares everywhere. We've got one dead wife and one insanely paranoid and confused old husband who happens right there. Hi, Joe, please take a seat. Sit down. Don't touch anything. And... Um, we we can't even get any information from him because he's losing can. memories left and right. When did he come in for that treatment, though? Could he have been infected <gasps> then? Even though they live rec- on the outskirts, they there's got to be records or a ledger around here somewhere. Yeah, and can we we'll, look around? Well, maybe one of you two fine gentlemen who can read will look for that. Yeah, what I would hey, say. That's us. Yeah, that is you. <laughs> I say that out loud and I point between me and the word. What I would say is that based on when you've been in this clinic before, um, you probably know that the records are kept in the doctor's office proper. Ah, which is where we have to go and meet our weeping man, the man you were trying to get us towards. Anyway, I see your threads, Dungeon Master. I see where you're trying to point the carrot. Listen, I, I only have so many rail tracks. I can only bend them so many times. <laughs> mm, it's in the now, doctor's. Now wait a minute. I, I've I've played Left for Dead. I know we shouldn't go in there. We definitely shouldn't be going in there, dude. There's got to be open a, dead inside. 
going to be a long-haired woman in underwear who's going to come after us if we make the slightest noise. Oh, can we listen to the wall? Is he weeping? Is he saying anything besides any any cohesive words? Actually, he does sound rather cognizant. Um, he's basically sort of sobbing and going, "Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? They're they're not going to believe me. There's no way the mayor's going to believe me. But we're we're fucked. We're totally fucked. What what are we going to do?" Oh, it sounds like he absolutely knows what the hell is going on. I'm going to knock on the door. And you hear the uh, sounds of something hitting something hard, hitting something else hard. And, and the doctor says, uh, sorry, I'm uh, occupied. Wait, this isn't a bathroom. Um, <laughs> just just open the fucking door. I didn't lock it. Oh, no. Oh. You open the door and it just opens. <laughs> oh, and inside, uh, you see Dr. Jefferson. He's actually in the corner of his office, and he is sort of rocking back and forth a little bit and is clutching a clipboard uh, to their chest very, very tightly. Doc, there's some wild stuff going on, and we're looking for answers. We're hoping you have some. Well, um, um. First of all, who are you? Who's your dad? And what does he do? I, I, well, my name is Dr. Jefferson. Um, my father was Mr. Kimball, and I think he was a detective. <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah, that checks out. I think he's good. It, it, wow. And he sort of looks at you very all sort of critically and says, you, you haven't been affected yet, have you? Have you? Do you know what's making everyone forget everything? Maybe. Um, it, it it kind of comes and goes in waves. I, it, I I I will try to be succinct and to the point. Um, I and he looks at you, Doctor Worm, very specifically. I I thought it was viral at first. I thought maybe maybe there was exposure to a chemical or a a, 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 a bit of radiation or something. But I when I investigated it, it, it wasn't viral. Um, this sort of loss of memory, this amnesia, whatever the hell it is. It's actually been increasing over two weeks period. So this wasn't just a first day thing. This this has been happening for a while. And and I think it's related to the generator. The 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 generator that's keeping everything in Babelbrook green and usable. Oh no. But it it, it gets worse. Um I I don't know how to stop the signal it's putting out. Uh, but I, I was able, and he shows you the clipboard at this point, and you see it's a map of where Babelbrook is and sort of the surrounding area. There, the signal. I, I, I had one of the the engineers help me. I think it's coming from over here to the west. I, I don't know what's out there, but the signal that is being transmitted is being bounced off of our generator. It, sorry, I know I'm not making a lot of sense right now, but I. I think whatever is sending the signal, which is causing the amnesia, is coming from out here. Okay. Some kind of constructive interference. There's a wave, and it gets amplified. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's not completely ridiculous. Uh, but why would it be affecting people's mental state and what they're doing with, unless psionic in nature? Hmm. But a mental psychosis attack of this magnitude there's no way the technology for this hasn't existed in forever 
unless they found it. What is out there? You you don't know. Okay, I I have to be there. I have to see this. I have to go there. Where is this? Do you have a map? He hands you the it's, clipboard with the map on it's, it. It's right there. We we're just looking at it. I, you were busy yes, monologuing. We and you didn't see the. Oh, I. Oh, I'm sorry. You were you were you're posing a question here, and it was just sounded so interesting. I was just. Mine started running a foul a little bit. <laughs> My bad. Okay, this sounds like an intensely strange and very wild thing. If it's if it's what I think it is, this could be really intense. But hopefully it's not. And uh, the only way that we're going to know is to go there directly and find out exactly what is causing this signal. Then shut it off. Easy peasy. Right? You have, you have to learn how to think inside your own head rather than oh. exposing all of us to that. I think that that's going to be part of like growing into manhood oh. when you become an adult. That's, right, right, that's right. something that people tend to learn. Oh, okay, okay, right. Yes, yes. Keep the thoughts inside. The okay. inside voice. Right, yeah, right. thanks. Inside. Thanks, Dad. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, great, great, great granddad. That's wonderful affirmation. I'm glad I have your approval. I'm going we... to inject you with bleach at some point. Just let you oh you're sleeping. <laughs> Don't do Just that. You know. Yeah, I'm one of the only non-racist people here in this town, so that's probably not a good idea unless you want to confirm what they're all saying about ghouls. Well, oh. as your little spats going on, you actually hear. <laughs> the doctor's like, uh... yeah, the doctor actually, the doctor's actually gotten that looking far away expression. So the doctor's oh, probably no. uh, probably gone at this point. But what you do hear very noticeably is that the door to the clinic is flung open, and you hear it like slam against the wall, and you hear the sound of Jesse's voice, the mayor's voice, and it's a little bit strange. It's not quite his voice, but it also is his voice. It's almost as if it's coming through a recording or a phone. And right. Jesse says, come on, snakes, they're in here somewhere. Let's rattle. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Dude, he forgot who he is. <laughs> or this is much worse. And he's being mind controlled, in which case that's horrifying. I'll, uh, can we peek out to go and have a gander? Oh, it's sneak time. Is, do we think we should sneak? You guys want to try and sneak uh, this? Yeah, I think that's scared. fair. Yes. I, I think, yeah, yeah sneaking is probably the way to go. Why don't you give me a agility and a sneak here? And what I would say is that if you roll a complication, you're going to want to lock it. Is that, is that everybody or just, uh, just uh, whoever is going to actually be coming out of the office to check on the situation? I have sneak as a tag skill, so that might be best for me. That is a genius move. We'll let you do it. All right. Then I'll spend one action point for an extra die. Actually, no. How dark is it in the facility? At this point, uh, the good news is that there is electricity to the clinic, so there are sources of light, like from lamps and other sorts of light fixtures. Um, I mean, it's not exactly like the brightest room and place in the world, but you can see. Okay. Um is there any way that we could turn that off uh, or I guess diminish the illumination in that main room from where we are? What I would say is that the light controls are conveniently placed across the hallway uh, on the wall next to the doctor's office. Son of a bitch. 
in that case, then, um, would my ghost talent apply? Remind me what ghost does. If uh, you attempt an agility plus sneak test in Shadows or Darkness, the mm -hmm. first additional d20 that you buy is free. You know what? I'm going to let you tap that talent. You get a free d20. Okay, now blue oh, means hi. that there is a complication on the field. Yep, you rolled a 20. So do you want to lock crit. that 20? A crit uh, and a 20. Yes, so I think I will uh, spend one luck point to... Uh, to re-roll that, and I'll just roll that as a d20. All right. And you oh, get an hey, actual amazing. crit. Nice. Well, that's five that successes. Is, yeah. That is five. No, isn't that uh, four? No, you're right. It is five. Um, so, wow. Fanuel, you very quickly steal out into the hallway. He is the knight. Yeah, basically, you are the knight. You are Batman. You toggle off oh. the light switch. We don't and have the light switch. And what you notice is that when you sort of inspect the mayor and the other people that have come into the clinic, their eyes are literally glowing and they're moving oh. in a mechanical fashion as okay. in they are moving in ways that are unnaturally jilted and otherwise sort of janky, if you will. Dirty sin. Oh, no. oh, well, um, you also get three action points for that, by the way. Right. And since I didn't spend one to get that die, I think we're at cap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is there another exit, like down the hallway from where we are? Is there like a back en exit to this place? Or is the only way of egress blocked by this, presumably the synths? Well, another teaching moment. Uh, one of the other luck spends you can do is called luck of the draw. And you can add a detail to a scene. So... For example, you could spend a luck point to put a window in the doctor's office or a back door oh, or something like that. That's hype. I like that. That's so cool. I think that's exactly what I'm going to do then. Uh, so there is looking out on the rear courtyard uh, because the doctor's office is in the back of the facility, I believe we were told. Uh, there is a rear facing window through which we can shimmy. All right. So in that case, what I'm going to need is we're going to let Fanuel's uh, five successes stand, but for Valister and Dr. Worm to get out, I will need to see a agility and a sneak from both of you at a difficulty of two. So you might want to spend action points on this one if you're not really a sneak. And we're type. at six. Yeah. We're at six. Okay, I will definitely spend at least uh, one for it here. I'm pretty confident in my sneak. Uh, okay. It's not any kind of like tag skill that I have for it, but I, I have a pretty decent bonus. How about you, Doc? What do you think? I will spend one as well okay. to get that additional d20. Agility and sneak. Agility. All right. Well, that's one success for uh, the good doctor. So you might, well, you don't have any luck. So that'll be interesting. Am what? I allowed to use my luck to reroll his stuff? Uh, no, unfortunately, luck is specific to you. So it's not something like oh. where you can make him reroll. I see. Sneak is also pretty good. Let's go. Okay. So I think we can do this as another teachable moment here. And this might be me more leaning on Star Trek Adventures than it is on the Fallout system. But. There is a concept called succeeding at cost, where you still succeed, 
but there's a complication that comes into play. So I think oh, no, what happens that, that, that's oh, in the book. Yeah. Oh, so I'm not imagining it. Good, 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 good. No, I, I do remember reading that. Yeah. Okay. So what's what's going to happen is Faneuil, Valister, Dr. Worm, you're going to get out the back door. But the complication is while you were quiet, at this time, the rad storm that I mentioned earlier is oh, starting no. to kick up tremendously. So good news. It's probably going to mask your traveling out of town. Bad news. You're going to have to start dealing with some radiation. Shit. I mean, Delicious. that's. I was gonna say, like, yeah, you're gonna get some free healing, I think, but me and me and Faneuil are gonna have a shit time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I tell you what, we've been going for now two hours. Let's take another five to ten minute break, and then we'll come back for the third and final part. So stick around. Welcome back, everybody, to part three of our Fallout one shot. If you're just tuning in. The player characters have found out that not only is a strange signal the cause of the amnesia that has been infecting the town's residents, apparently there's also the Institute synths in play. But in a masterful display of agility and stealth, they were able to avoid a fight with a mare turned synth. Unfortunately, this does now mean that they are traveling to discover the source of the signal that is causing the amnesia in the first place. In the middle of a rad storm, which now brings us to the current moment. So best I can tell you, there is no hard mechanics for a rad storm. So we're going to treat it like this. For every hour you guys spend out in the rad storm, I'm going to be rolling two challenge die or two combat dice, I should say, of mm-hmm. radiation damage. Now, radiation damage is a little bit different than other damage. It doesn't actually take away from your health. It reduces your max health, is what it does. And the only way to get rid of it is Rataway or other chemicals, which you sort of left in the supply cabinet. So (laughs) just keep that in mind. Um, However, what I would say is that you can speed up your journey uh, by succeeding on a series of tasks. So first thing I need to know, who has the highest survival? Gotta be Faneuil. I have a three and it's tagged. I actually have the same because the ghoul gives you survivor tag. Okay. Then why don't we have, you guys can decide who's doing the main role, but one of you is assisting the other. Um, I would like you to roll me an intelligence and a survival, please. And the difficulty on this will be a two. I I, I think it's in keeping that, that Faniel should probably do the. the My intelligence is terrible. I can't oh, read, it? as you may uh, recall. So, uh, <laughs> intelligence is not uh, is not Spaniel's game. All right, then I will then I will roll then because my intelligence is the top mm. step. All right, see what you get. So two d twenties. I'm going to purchase another d twenty. Okay. And uh, I'm assisting with that. Yes, or... you are. Okay. Am I also allowed to assist? I've just looked it over. Um, my survival is also really, it's a three also, and I have a nine in, so this is actually pretty good rolling for this, actually. <laughs> yeah, what it. I would say is that you probably want to do the assist instead of Faneuil, um, oh. simply because you can only have one assist on a roll, so oh, you can. Oh, yeah, that's, you that's how they limit up. you from okay. the party just stacking on assist after assist. Ah, smart. I uh, do. You definitely can get away with that in D and D, but not here. Oh, he rolled fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just afraid that I'll like roll a, a twenty. Roll a twenty. Luckily, I got. I have tons of um, 
of yeah, I'm just gonna do like a roll, I guess, right? Like one d twenty, like R one d twenty. Um, is one d twenty? And I'm assuming eight. eight is a success. So you actually get that action yep. point back. Nice. So Dr. Worm and Valister working together, you look at the map that you were given and you realize that if you take sort of a northerly approach, you kind of do a parabolic arc from the town uh, to the north and then you curve back around to the south. You actually will be able to use the uh, hills in the area, the caves in the area as points of shelter as you proceed towards the source of the signal. Um, So what I'm going to do is actually, you know what? Let's do this this way. Valister, I would like you to roll me a d6, please. Just a standard d6. And this is going to represent how many hours are knocked off of your journey. All right. So of six hours this was normally going to take, it's now only going to take three. Which now comes to the second part of how you can reduce the amount of time you spend in a rad storm. If everybody is able to pass a strength and an athletics check at difficulty of two... I will then make it in only an hour of travel time. Oh my god. Okay. You know, half of us are weenies, right? Mm-hmm. Weenie Hut Juniors over here. Super yeah. Weenie Hut Juniors, possibly even. Yeah. We can two two successes between all of us. No, each of you needs two successes. Oh dear yeah, god. that's no 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 no, no 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 no. All right. Well, in that case, let me roll the challenge dice to see what sort of radiation damage you are dealing with here. Could I make an argument for something? Sure. Before okay. I roll, what you got? Perception survival in that I'm guiding them, not using the map, but my familiarity with the environment based on my numerous hunting trips out into the wilds. So it's like determining the best path based on land formations on the ground rather than the map. So maybe that shaves an hour off with two successes. I tell you what, I'll do it this way. If you're able to pass a difficulty of three, I'll let it be the hour. How does that sound? I think that's entirely fair. Take that Uh, entire pool and just make it happen. (laughs) Then, well, the doctor actually wants to stay out here for as long as possible because this is like a warm shower, but it's um, delightful. I will spend three action points to get two extra dice. All right. And so that would be four dice. Special of eight and skill of three that is tagged. All right. Let's take a look what you got. I do see a 20. (laughs) Oh. So you did succeed. You You got the three successes, but do you want to luck that 20? I don't think so, but could I suggest the complication results? I will always take complication suggestions. What you got? Okay. Um, as I'm guiding the party through a, like a, uh, a narrow ravine or something like that, that we're using to skirt around the, the printed map. Uh, mm-hmm. So a shortcut that I have identified, um, I slip and in attempting to assist the doctor, given his fragile status and the lingering effects of his wound. And let's say I suffer four challenge dice worth of damage. I think four is a little much. How about we do three challenge dice? Uh, you know what? I am perfectly comfortable suffering less damage. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're only going to suffer two points of damage as uh, you fall in the ravine and needing assistance. But even with your little accident in the ravine, you are able to get there within an hour travel time. So what that means is I'm only rolling two radiation damage. 
All right, so what that's going to mean is Valister and Faniel, you're going to take three radiation damage, so your max HP goes down by three. And Dr. Worm, if I recall the ghoul rules correctly, you actually heal three. Well, this is I, this is actually a question I, I want to ask, because the way that it's worded is is slightly odd to me. It says you regain one HP for every three points of radiation damage inflicted upon you. Then you would heal so, one in this instance. Yes, but would I, I mean, technically I'm still taking the radiation damage, which should lower my maximum HP. I see the confusion. I see the confusion. So no, actually you as a ghoul, you are immune to radiation. Um, I don't think oh, they actually- Oh, that's right. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. You are immune to radiation damage. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Because no. the way that was worded, I was like, wait a minute, you would, you'd reach a point where that makes no sense. Right. Yeah, that would just be a bell curve of, of awful, but okay, cool. Yeah, so you don't take any, and you just heal your regular wounds. Um, Good. Another question that comes up, my clothing Good. naturally has a, a ton of radiation resistance, so it has oh, like Oh, then that oh, would reduce it. That would definitely oh, fantastic. reduce it. Fantastic. Uh, so literally in every single area upon my body, it is radiation resistance two. Uh, so does that mean I only take one max health damage? You got it. Ah, big brain, big think. And I'm just going to pretend I did that to see who was paying attention to their character sheets and not that I totally forgot that radiation damage resistance was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We go. You know. <laughs> oh. Little baby HP goes down to almost less than double digits. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. So uh, after about an hour's journey through the rad storm, you do eventually arrive at a rough location where you think the uh, signal is coming from. And what you see is actually just this sort of fortified compound, almost like a bunker that's quite literally located in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm. Around the bunker is tall, pale grass that is blowing in the strong winds from the rad storm. And what you see is that the steel building beyond the grass, uh, the building does not have any windows. It has only a single wide metal door. And there is a, what could be a raider, just a standard sort of wasteland raider, just sort of standing outside, very motionless, very still, and seemingly oh. giving no fucks about the Radstorm around them. Mm -hmm. um, you also mm -hmm. see that uh, sort of in the interior, so the door is slightly ajar. Uh, what you see in the interior, there looks to be some sort of a barrel with might be fire in it. Uh, but that's what you see, and you don't really hear much over the storm. I mean, you can obviously yeah. converse with one another, but you don't, like, hear a conversation or anything. Yeah. That's huh. a trap. Do they need to trap us? Give, given that we're just walking in, I, I suspect no. Yeah. Why is he just standing? Right, it's affecting his mind. Okay, so he's made to being... So he's probably... He doesn't even know where he is. He probably doesn't... Yes, know. right. Oh he's he's being mind-controlled, and he's basically got double cancer at this point. That's right. Look, mm. uh, I'm about to have cancer unless we get indoors, so please, can we figure out how we're going to get in there? You got to stop smoking. That's that's the problem. You're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's think this through here. Um, are there any other 
points of entry aside from the one that he's guarding. I actually was waiting to see if someone asked that exact question. So, Mr. Vallister, I would like you to roll me a perception and a repair test, please. Difficulty of two. Here is one of my skills. One of my tags. Okay, let me go in. Um, so that is perception. General. Difficulty of two. Ooh. We have one point left. And this is to get a different way to get inside. Would you guys mind if I took that last one to go and see if I can try and make sure that we can find a different way other than ye old raider fight? I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. All right. Boop. Perceptionatus. Going to be at that six. And we've got a repair skill of a big three, big three with a tag. And that three is a success. That three is a double success. So you get the two required. Very nice. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go three. Good work, little buddy. All right. So actually, uh, Valister, what you notice is that there is an open air duct uh, near the back of the facility. So like along the eastern ledge or the eastern side of the compound, just at a sight of the uh, guard at the door, there is a broken AC unit with an air duct that leads inside. And that air duct is big enough for even a super mutant to go in there. So you could easily go through there. They just say they, they're all getting double cancer. Two air vents on the roof. That's <laughs> what the guy was talking to. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I'll relay this. Uh, see there? Possibly using that pipe and some clever climbing, we might be able to get on top of the building, and that big-ass air duct is our ticket inside. Oh, my my leg is already screaming in complication. And my hair sure? is going to start falling out. I mean, I'm going to look like the doctor in a few minutes, so please, let's... Uh... Time to roll. Oh, yeah. Let, yeah, let's, let's take the opportunity to make fun of the medically challenged again. You... You literally look way better than you did before. Are you sure this stuff isn't, like, making you feel good? Listen, we can't go into that. Um, there's a whole... I'm not going to... Uh, we're in the middle of a goddamn storm. I'm not going to take 20 minutes to explain radiation to you. You're, you're what, 15? 17, but close enough. Let's get in there. All right. So um, what I'm going to say... Head to that roof. Yeah. Yeah, what I was going to say. So normally... The adventure says this is supposed to be a difficulty two for everybody, but you are literally doing this in the middle of a rad storm, meaning you can make some noise. So what I'm going to say is that it's going to be an agility and a stealth test at a difficulty of one for everybody. We can pull this off. We can absolutely pull this off. Stealth, stealth. Here comes the stealth. Stealth is not a skill, but sneak is. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's one success for the good doctor. Got the one. Uh, agility, stealth? Agility and stealth, yes. Or sneak, or whatever the S word is. That's four successes for me. And uh, yeah, okay, so that's four from you and two for Valister. So total, I believe that gets you, what, five? Four? Am I mathing that right? One, uh, three. If if uh, yeah, I think it's three. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, uh, I would say that, again, using the Radstorm to your advantage, you get close to the facility and hop in the air duct and make your way inside. Let's go, boys. Big brain. What I would say is after traversing through the air duct for maybe about five minutes, you see that it opens up at a floor level. And when you step out, what you see is something extremely unexpected. And what I mean by that is that, well, not Jeff Goldblum, but uh, what you see is that there is uh, almost like a greenhouse. There's this large artificial sun that shines down from the ceiling and the single large room is an exact replica of the town square of Babelbrook. There's also in the very center of the town square, there's a tall spiraling spinning machine of blinking lights that is otherwise unguarded or otherwise really tended to. It's just sort of sitting there. What the fuck? I don't uh, know. I'm not... Uh... I'm not that kind of scientist, but um, I think that's what we're looking for. Is this old world tech? Is it old uh, world tech? I, yeah, asking DM here. Is this old world tech? Is this shit that I would know about? Is this? I think it would be. I'd give it to you. Is this the? Is this the gekt? Is this the gek? Sorry, not the gekt, but the gekk. What I would say is it's not a gek specifically. But it is meant to carry the same signal that a Gek has. Holy shit. What the fuck? Okay. Um, can we examine this further? Can I try and glean any knowledge, any information from this here? Um, uh, you said we could do something. It's spend something in order to get the information because you just would tell us, right? Yeah. This might be a timing. One action point. I just tell you the information. I uh, let's do it. Let's I say that we have four yeah. of these bad boys. I want the info. What do we got? All right. What well, this? what am I looking at? Let's be very specific here. So you have to ask me a specific question, and then I will answer that question for the action point. So it's not just a tell me everything spend. It's a what do I specifically gotcha. want to know spend? Okay. Let's think about this here in a proper wording way so we can't genie trap give us the weird info and be like, haha, well, that's a door. And then it's like, I've answered your question. It's like, you scumbag. Okay. How do we I'm not do that we evil, this? but I like what you're thinking. <laughs> well, the, Sorry, I'm used to dealing with Efreets. It's okay. The obvious question, I think, would be how do we disable it? Right. That's a Safe, cool question. Safely. Okay. Is that the question you want to go with? What do you think? That's just, that's just a suggestion. I mean, we have other, I mean, we, could, we can get other info. We could also drop down and examine the machinery a little bit more carefully and closely to get a sense of what it is through a cursory examination and then spend a point of, or an action point to, uh, to bear down on that. Hundred, but that's also a really good idea. Is there a machine console or computer terminal um, uh, nearby to get any kind of uh, console information from as well? I'll tell you what. I'll give it to you for free. This won't actually cost your question, but you do see that there is a control console that is built into the fountain that is in the town square. Son of a bitch. 
Okay, before we start asking questions, let me rummage through that a bit. I have the hacker trait, which makes um, hacking checks a lot easier. And also um, science is one of my tags. I think it's time to start digging deep inside of what this terminal has and what it can do. Maybe there's a, a, a reference manual inside of there, like a, a, an entry code that's just like user terminal. Haha, here's how to use basic stuff, right? Possibly. Yeah. You never know. It would be very follow it of you. But yeah, would be uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, let's have you do a intelligence and a science. And hacker reduces by one difficulty, if I remember correctly. Correct. Uh, so it was initially going to be a four. So it's now going to be a three difficulty. And you didn't actually ask the question yet. So you still have that one action point from before. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's see what we can find here. So this is difficulty three. Asking the question is going to cost us that one, which means we have three left. Do you guys think it's worth it to spend the remaining three uh, and leave that one for the question um, on trying to get in there and get the actual information what they have in the terminal? I think so, yes. I also I just... have all of my luck points, all seven of them, waiting and ready to, to re-roll this as much as we may need. Accessing the terminal would be even even if all we find is information. That's that's got to be priority because we, you know if fingers crossed we find the button that just turns this thing off quietly and then we leave. Oh, but that'd be so nice. We just head back off that roof. Don't have to don't have to get our legs shot in. Don't have to get eaten by rad roaches. Don't have to get eaten by synths. God, they're oh god, their teeth. Okay. <laughs> teeth? <laughs> you never know, man. No, they don't. No, they probably don't. Just some of them do like love love you know averages or whatever some of them there's got to be one like cannibal synth yeah but then he'd be eating machines now simulating mastication function <laughs> all right yeah, uh, let's that, go and do it that's my favorite deathcore band is cannibal synth nice <laughs> all right here we are we brought that that gives me a massive four dice with a big, uh, so this was a int plus science, correct? You got it. This is my, I think my best possible role with tags, with everything. We got three boys. We got the three you needed. So in, again, classic Fallout fashion, you're going to get the following options presented to you once you break through the very weak encryption uh, that is on the terminal. So first you see uh, scientist notes is one thing. The next thing you see is control node. And then the third thing you see is replicants. Replicants? Wait a minute. This is a stealth Blade Runner adventure. <laughs> this isn't Fallout at all. What a bamboo. Wait a second. Son of a bitch, we're in Blade Runner. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. All we have to do is tell the control module that there's a turtle on its back and it needs help. <laughs> okay, so I say we start with scientist notes. That's probably the where the notes are being held. Let's start there. Okay. So what you see is that inside, and I'm not going to like spend 20 minutes detailing the full oh, logs, yeah. but Please basically what you find out is that Chief Scientist Thompson is what he calls himself. Uh, Thompson apparently is trying to carry out something called the Institute's Master Plan, 
Now, again, in character, I think we decided off screen that some, you know, not everybody's heard of the Institute. So this might be new information for your character. But uh, Thompson is one of those pragmatic evil villains where he, of course, explains his plan in meticulous detail. Apparently, the Institute is trying to make synthetic replicas of humanity because humanity is almost extinct. But if you put all of humanity in replicant cybernetic bodies that can survive nuclear fallout and radiation, humanity can live on kind of a thing. I will look horrified and also bewildered and also intrigued that that is the route that this insane man is trying to do things in. And and slightly aroused. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that was possible. Um, sick. Okay, so that's the main the main scientist notes for it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we have replicants, and next we have. Uh, control node. So um, without clicking buttons to like initiate anything for it there, because I assume there's usually like a yes or no option for it. Um, mm-hmm. Do either of them give more details about what the function um, to do for say replicants would, would do? Or is that just like a list of replicants? So actually when you pull up the replicant menu, you see a list of every single name of people who live in Babelbrook. And it's almost like a table where there's kind of a column that is either yes or no. And you see that maybe about 50% of the list is checked yes. But when oh. you get to say your name, uh, Valister in the list, it's checked no. Same goes for Worm. Same goes for uh, Faniel. Uh, but for comparison, if you were to say go to Jesse the mayor's name, that is checked yes. Jesse oh. Ventura. Got it. Well... Good. <laughs> what is it? What do you say? Oh crap. Okay. Um, I begin recanting in the fashion, my you know, um standard uh a boyish charm and well you see, uh, uh well it turns out that what's been going on is this this kind and insane man here, Sci- Chief Scientist Thompson, who works for some place called the Institute is initiating his uh, save humanity plan. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. His, his save humanity plan is to uh, somehow, through old world technology, um, take humans that are real and turn them into, mm-hmm, I, I'm just going to see if I'm reading this correctly, synthetic replicants that are uh, robotic beings that are just immune to radiation and that way humanity can live forever. Hmm. Mm. It's got a big list here of who in the, who in the, who in the, who in the town is a replicant or not. Uh, good news. All three of us aren't on the list. Bad news. Half the town is a yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's at mm. that point that from behind Dr. Worm, because I find it funny to pick on Hex sometimes, <laughs> there's a voice that comes from behind Dr. Worm, and I'm going to do a horrible impression, but uh, <gasps> a voice says, well, I wouldn't quite have put it that way, but uh, perhaps I can uh, spread some illumination upon what you're talking about there, laddie. I will turn and pull my gun towards the voice, which just makes me look like I'm pointing at worm. Well, whoa, hey, you... whoa, whoa, whoa. 
As you turn and look behind you, Dr. Worm, there is a comically old individual. I'm talking bent over with a cane and a lab coat kind of old individual. Uh, balding uh, with sort of that, you know, it's the top part of his head is bald, but he kind of has that fringe that sort of goes around. And it's this big, poofy white hair, uh, almost like the Dr. Wiley. There we go. Dr. Wiley. Okay. Um, Dr. But, uh, Wiley. He, uh, he sort of smiles in a very tooth-missing way and says... Well, I'm glad you managed to make it. This will make making your replicant much easier. Oh, crap. Uh, in, in character, I mean, I don't want to be a murder hobo at this, but in character, I think I, I, that Fanuel would just pull out his throwing axe and lob it. No, I, I think that's entirely yeah, in character. I, I, think that's, I think that's good. This so, will yeah. make killing you easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Well, we don't want that. Annual attack mode, go. <laughs> I, 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 I had some doubts about throwing this, but now they're all gone. Mm -hmm. okay. All right, so Faniel, this is a very, very important role because it's either going to mean a combat encounter or you stop the combat encounter before it happens. So let's break it Holy down. Shit. The defense is going to be a one, so it's your base difficulty on this attack is a one. One success for throwing. All you need to again roll is going to be a agility and a throwing. Now, what I'm going to say is that based on the fact that the chief scientist is behind Dr. Worm, the complication range will be a 17 to 20. And what I would also say is if you do enough damage to his head, then let's just say you've effectively knocked him unconscious. I don't suppose there'd be time to use a minor action to aim before I. If you give me one action point, I will let you aim. And can I give you action points as I would threat in Star Trek Adventures? That's another teachable moment. So best I could tell, there is actually a limit on what you can give the GM in terms of action points. And if I recall correctly, you can only buy additional D20s with uh, giving the GM action points. So it's not like Threat where you could just use it always in place of momentum. It's very, very specific on what you can give the GM. In that case, uh, if it's okay with the group, I would spend the one uh, action point that we have to take the minor action to aim and then give you one action point to roll three dice on the attack. Noted. Yeah, I'm down to it. Kill, kill Dr. Wiley. Yep. All right, that is two successes, which is what you need to hit him in the head. So now we have a very important roll. He doesn't have any damage resistance in the head. Uh, so you need to do five damage here. And remember, this you guy can... mutated or because uh, oh, go he's got the hunter. That's what I was going to ask is, can you go over the list of tags for me again? It's... So the exact wording is, when you make an attack against an NPC with one of the mammal, lizard, or insect keywords and the mutated keyword, your attack gains vicious. Okay, so unfortunately that will not apply here. Ah, oh, crap. Okay, again, teachable moment. You can use your luck to re-roll up to three combat dice if you three, so yeah. wish. It's one point of luck for three re-rollable combat dice. And, and I tell you, times... all you need is one. 
all you need is one. How many times can that be done? I actually looked it up. I, I sp- supposedly you're supposed to take the the result you get after the luck so that you don't just spend all your luck at once. So that's oh. on me. That was that was a misinterpretation of the rule. Um, but what that means is your next reroll, whatever it is, is what you have to live with. Okay. Then I will reroll the zero for one of right. luck. Here we go. Very important roll. Uh, fuck. All right. So let's let's talk uh, let's talk time here because uh, we have about fifteen minutes before we have a hard stop, and I do want to sort of do out of session things. So let me put it to you this way: Would you rather we end on a cinematic note where you all go down fighting since, and we sort of leave it ambiguous as to whether you succeed or not, or? Do one of you want to spend one of your luck points to give me a in explanation as to why the doctor goes down in a single hit? Mechanically, Ooh. I do have one thing. Sure. Um, I didn't re-roll the failed die from my aim. That is true. So let me do that. And uh, that would be a pass. That would have been another action point, yes. So with that action point, I would have added another... Uh, challenge die. I'll let it happen. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, <sighs> the dice gods just aren't I tried. It tonight. I tried. Uh, okay, it's okay. Um, I have no more luck, so I can't help it. I have all seven. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's going to fall to you then, Benno. So, why so does spend, the doctor go down? Spend all seven luck to have his head just explode. There was a small microcharge implanted in his head. Uh, this is that one time he's thrown his axes with, with high-tech precision every single moment beforehand. But this is the one where the axe splinters, shatters, and pushes the broken pieces after it's cut his head open further into his brain. And it, But he loses the axe. So who cares about the axe at this point? We're done the session anyway, but it just shatters upon impact and embeds itself into him. And as as if as if to deny this man with every piece of his soul, I will not be a fucking synth. He destroyed his weapon on impact. His lucky tomahawk that he's had since he was a boy, it's gone forever, and he'll never be able to retrieve it. But in so in doing so, he has stated to this decrepit old beast of a man, and I God deny himself. you. Yeah, I deny you, and I deny your ways. You okay with this, Matthew? I accept every ounce of that. Uh, just everywhere. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah, you huck the axe, and I'm not going to describe that again because Benno did a much better job than I could, but the old scientist goes down, just limp to the ground with no noise made. I, I love the idea that he's just like, yes, I'm throwing you into... Ow. And yeah, just- pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Is this blood? Is this my blood? <laughs> <laughs> It goes like entirely limp, like like a Skyrim NPC, just just oh. just straight onto his face. Yeah. Oh, thank God the best. Thing. Oh, it's, it, I could have also went the meme route, and be like, yes, this is it. It's at this point that the Bethesda AI loses it, and he just the axe hits so well that he like ragdolls through, through the building the and roof. is like yeah. in an, an another instant. There you go. Bless bless you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thanks again, buddy. Well, everything uh, just works. What I would say is that when you <laughs> go back work. to check the uh, the terminal, uh, yep. when you check the control node, 
You have the option of turning off the machine, turning on the machine, or overloading the machine. Oh, if we turn it off, it'll be safer now, but those bad boys can come back and stop. This is, I've seen this option before. You know, is This is classic as fuck, dude. This is super classic. Holy shit. Well, fuck that guy. I'm glad he's, oh, wow. You really, great shot there, Faniel. Damn. We have one last trip to make here. I definitely don't want to be a synth. And I know I can, I can tell that you don't want to be either, Fanuel. Um, I don't even know if they can make you a synth, Doc. But we have two choices ahead of us. One, make sure that this thing turns off or we can overload the entire facility so that it's gone for good. However, we may also get caught up in the blast and explode and die ourselves. How? How much worse could this day get? I'm spending you know, one action point that a rad roach, a small one, drops on the Dr. Worm's head. God damn it! <laughs> get it off! Get. And this time, I will just try to, like, brush it off rather than hack yeah, it. Yeah, it's small enough you can just sort of... Uh, <laughs> How much worse could okay. this day get? Uh, okay, okay. Blow this fucking building to kingdom come. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Let's wait, leave. wait, wait. Yeah, why don't you two leave? Uh, I'm the fittest one here. Leave. If there's like a one button thing that I can press. Yeah, I'll, I'll set it up here. Just and then I'll. Yeah. Let me mark it down here. Um, Fine. I'll, great. I'm already leaving. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. So and then I'll take some pieces of paper and just like put it around the button like this one. Put some arrows. It's this one right here. <laughs> this is the one. It's follow where the arrows. Okay. All right. Don't have to do anything else except for click that and then get the hell out. All right, here we go. And then I'll I'll hustle off of the through the vent. Wow, we really skipped this entire fucking facility. Damn, we're oh, yeah. gamers. All right. Well, as we come to a cinematic end, uh, Valister and Dr. Worm sort of look at the facility from a safe distance. And we see Fanuel leaving the air duct, putting on a pair of sunglasses that he got from Lord knows where. As the facility explodes behind him, and Faniel does not look at explosions. He just keeps walking. We're all wearing sunglasses. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And yeah, that is the end of the adventure. You have saved Babelbrook. You have defeated the Evil Institute. And that is where the adventure ends. What did you guys think? Did you you enjoy it? It sounds like you did. That's sick. That's actually a really cool intro. And the fact that that's in the back of the book, that's the that's a starter when you get to play. I think mm-hmm. new players, especially ones who have never gotten to, to play the experience for it there, will really have a great time with it. And th- this super feels like Fallout. They did it. This is well composed. I've never played this system before, but this is this is fun. This is really sick. Um the the shared pool works perfectly fine. I'm used to playing with people that are absolutely you know, like super big team players. I don't think I've ever played with anyone that's a bit of a dick or anything for it there. But like it's just it just makes sure like, hey, do you think we should do this? Hundred percent, or or like or like maybe we should save it or or something of that nature. But just god damn, this is a, a, a well done system, beautifully executed, wonderful. I had a blast. That's what I like to hear. What about you, Matthew and Hex? Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, I would say that coming from a Star Trek adventure system, there are a number of great similarities, but I do like the way in which they balance difficulty, I think, a little bit better than in Star Trek adventures uh, in terms of the combination of attributes and skills Mm -hmm. and the relative difficulty of tasks being scaled 
to the new level of attributes and skills. And I think that it um, it's a little bit more manageable than Star Trek Adventures. So, fair critique. And Hex, uh, I I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a waste of mine and everyone else's time. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know we we were talking about this earlier. Um, some of the other two D twenty systems, for my taste, are are kind of loaded down with too many meta currencies. Right, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of pools of things that you have to keep track of, and thankfully, um, uh, like uh, Ben, I was talking about, like this feels like Fallout. Plus, they managed to do some streamlining as well to cut down on that. It feels a little bloat, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they kept the 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 hit locations, which is great, um, and the action point system. Like again, that feels very Fallout. Like so, yeah, I'm 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 very pleased with it. I think it's one of the more um, easily grokkable um, 2D20 variants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, f- coming so, from no experience with D20s, this is this is sick. Well, we'll have to bring you back for another adventure in the future is what I just heard. No, never <laughs> yeah. again. So, a <laughs> few quick things before uh, I end the recording and then we'll find something to raid. Um, so, Game Masters that just watched or listened to what just happened. I do need to be very clear on a few points. The players went off road about the moment they saved Joseph. You're not supposed to let Joseph live. Let let him live. It's more interesting if you let Joseph live. And let's just say the players avoiding the synth fight, let that happen if they figure out how to do so. Because the adventure itself wants you to fight the synths. They, they want you to fight Joseph to the death. As you just saw and heard, it's sometimes more interesting and more fun to just let the players avoid the fights, which, again, is very Fallout. But yeah, Um, this is going to end the recording. Uh, So Twitch, stick around. But YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you later. Bye, YouTube. See you, smooth skins. Later.